everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday Show. My name is James Chen. We've got Ultra David. Hey, I'm Ultra David. Yep, and there he is. How's everybody going? Uh-oh, I hear an echo. Man, we even tested it beforehand, but okay. That might be my fault. My video screens are playing probably. Actually, let me pause this. Yeah, let me do this really quick. Uh, let me close this. Yeah, I think the echo should be gone now, right? Yeah, I don't hear anything anymore. Yeah, right, that cool. was my fault. I forgot to pause the videos this time, so first Dang, time. Look at me, I look good over there. All right, let's talk about. Let's see how <laughs> this goes. These topics, we're going to be talking about COVID nineteen, of course. We're going to be talking about the FGC event cancellations and sort of worldwide cancellations. A lot yeah. of stuff to talk about on that front, obviously. Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of tournament results that occurred. We're going to be talking about 5-5 uh, five, five matchup stuff, which we're finally getting back to this time. We got a bunch of viewer questions that are pretty cool. We got other game news, including Spawn. And then at the very end over here that my arm probably can't reach, <laughs> other game news and community news. Yeah. Also, another thing, too, uh, just a question for everybody in the chat. Let me know if David's volume and my volume are, you know, at, at an even level uh, or if everything is okay. From my end over here, David sounds fine, so let me Same. know if uh, everything sounds good for you. Everyone's saying David's sound is bad. Huh? I sound bad? Let's see here. Thanks uh, for the sub, right, Wall? All right, let me turn it up a little bit. I'm pretty sure I have that setting off on that automatic detecting thing, but do I have to move that thing a little bit further? Do I have to move the slider one way or the other? What are you talking about? You know on Discord how they have that thing where it says automatically determine input sensitivity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let me kill this over here. All right. Try talking again. Say a I'm bunch talking, of sentences. Here. Talking up a storm. All right. All right. Nah, nah, nah. Hello. That's good. Okay. I can't see myself on the stream anymore, but all right. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. I have the thing open over there. Okay. Who uh, is playing Sirens? Which one of us lives in the hood? We actually both live pretty close to, like, downtown areas. I live in downtown Hollywood, so... I can't believe you guys over can Over there is the Walk of Fame. It's crazy, because the Siren is definitely coming from my side. Uh, okay. I uh, can hear it very faintly, but that's crazy that people can hear it so well over there be, oh, through the ch through the stream because, <laughs> I don't know, for me it's crazy because when sirens happen like that, I basically don't even hear them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah, exactly the same. Yeah, I mean, I same, basically so. agree with that as well. Yeah. So anyway, we are doing this broadcast from our different houses and... Let's talk about why that is, right? It's not the case that either of us is sick. It's just that, and it's also not the case, by the way, that Los Angeles or LA County requires that people like stay indoors. We're not, we're not there yet, or um, although other places are, obviously. It's more that we don't want to, you know, we got to like give a good example and take the conditions that are outside seriously and i think it's important to show that we're doing that by not going over each other's houses right now yeah i mean pretty much right now everything is uh i mean it's i mean even though la county is not you know 
at that bad of a situation, but you know, I think even all the restaurants, we can't eat inside the restaurants over here. We've been mandated to, to go everything and I'm still yeah. heading out and buying stuff and I'm terrified because I still need to head to the grocery store and grab some more supplies of stuff, but you know, have a funny well, feeling. Look, as long as you are taking care of what you should be doing, right? You're washing your hands mm -hmm. very frequently. You uh, aren't, you know, sneezing or coughing or wiping your face or touching your face. Um, you are, you know, trying to stay a little bit of distance away from people. Uh, when you are home or when you're out and, and you have control over whether something gets cleaned, you wash it, right, pretty regularly. As long as you're doing that stuff, People in our age group are not expected to have terrible complications from it. Your it's, it's age not... group, okay. <laughs> All right, come on, buddy. Uh, ser seriously, I mean, we're, we're not the ones who are most at risk. Now, that's not to say that we can't get sick. There are certainly people in our age groups who get sick. Some of them get very sick. Some people die. It's not like we can be, we can't feel safe. I mean, we have to take this very seriously, but nevertheless, we're not in the age group that is expected to, to be bad. When I went to the grocery store, uh, you know, a couple of days ago, I've now been a couple of times to just sort of restock up on stuff. I, you know, I did all those precautions. I also wore my face mask that I have. Not because it's going to protect me from getting sick, but because I don't want to take a risk of getting other people sick. So I don't feel sick, but, you know, maybe I'm just asymptomatic, but I'm carrying it. Or maybe I just got infected and I don't feel it yet, but I'm still already shedding virus. That, those could both exist. So I wore a face mask to just, I don't know, from extra precautions. But, I, you know, that's not, not necessary, of course. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, I've been seeing a lot of my friends go through this. But, you know, if I went out and I wore a face mask, I'm, I'm worried what would happen, you know. <laughs> Because obviously there's been some, uh, you know, uh, racism towards Asian yeah. people that's been going on here. So but, definitely. But, you know, I mean, honestly, uh, like you said, it's really not about necessarily just, hey, you know, I might be sick or, you know, like I'm being paranoid or it's just about being a, a decent member of society trying to help, yeah. you know, trying to set an example. Also, just trying to do the best that you can because you never know. You never not not everybody. I mean, there's they've reported that people who test positive, some of them, the younger one, the younger people don't actually, like you said, show the symptoms, but they're carriers and they can infect other people. So, yeah. you know, it's just at this point in time, we just got to be good human beings and, and, and be safe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's so I've now been to the grocery store a couple of times. Uh, my you know wife has went as well. But yeah, you you know you're just taking it as seriously as you can, and and if you're doing that, the risk is at least to us is not great. Mm -hmm. um, but you know certainly I understand why the cancellations that are going on uh, are going on, right? So big stuff has happened since the last time we did a show. Oh, I mean, yeah. but before we when we were on the air last time last week. There were rumors that E3 was about to shut down. Like we know, we knew that that was like maybe likely to happen, but it hadn't happened yet. And then it did. Right, E3 was shut down. Um, I mean, huge. The NBA was shut down. March Madness Wait a is second. over. Somebody... The NHL is suspended. 
MLB is going to be delayed, and maybe the NFL is. Like, a bunch of sports are just canceled or pushed back. Uh, or, in some places in, in the world, are continuing, but with no audience, right? There's, it's just, there's no fans yeah. there. It's just the teams themselves playing. Or it's just, like, the wrestlers wrestling in front of completely empty crowds. <laughs> Right? Have you seen? Have you seen clips of that? Yeah, I have actually. That's actually hilarious. Very weird, and and actually, someone in the chat just mentioned that Kevin Durant is tested positive. I hadn't heard yes. that. Oh my! That was go- today. I, I heard that today. Oh my god! Okay, all right. I mean, look. Obviously, these guys aren't going to be the ones that are in danger. They have the funds to be able to take care of all this stuff. So, but. I mean, it's just an indication of why the cancellations of the NBA season are necessary. Because, you, you know, we, we found out now, how long has he been carrying it? Like, did he play right. any games while he had it? You know? Right. And, oh. Yeah, and, and think about people who are, his job, it's not just to play basketball. Involved in that is constant travel. Mm-hmm. Constant travel. Mm-hmm. Coming into contact with who knows how many people, fans, people who are in the airports, uh, the people who will work at the various stadiums that they go to, there's he must come in contact with a tremendous amount of people, people in, in his position, right? He and other players of various sports. Um, he and, and other celebrities, right? Tom, Hank got, Tom Hanks got sick. Mm-hmm. Like, those people come into contact with more people than most of us do. So I think it's maybe not a big surprise that it sounds like actually a pretty good chunk of the NBA has coronavirus right now from what I've read. <laughs> Uh, that's that's maybe not a big surprise. Um, I hope that they'll all get through it, of course. And like you said, the people, they're very healthy, right? They're literally professional athletes. Mm-hmm. Like, they're they're very healthy. But that's not to say that they can't get very sick and that they can't die. I hope they won't. But there's, there's a risk. There's a risk, though. Right, dude. Idris Elba has it as well. Dang. Okay. Wow. I mean, that's, yeah, that's see, wild. this is this is the situation we're starting to hit all, you know, like, uh, where the... Because obviously, you know, you hear it and it's happening to all these people everywhere. And you know you know how it is, right? You go out and try to buy the lottery because you're trying to win and you barely have a chance. And, you know, you yeah. feel like other people are getting sick. So, oh, but it's not going to happen to me. But when it starts, the, the, the most, you know, kind of important thing about it happening to celebrities is that celebrities off, uh, occupy a more significant chunk like place in your brain than right. just statistics right right and so when it starts hitting the fame when it hits tom hanks when it hits idris elba and kevin durant you're like oh my god you know and now right. i think it kind of makes the reality a little bit more real <laughs> of of who yeah. can get it and who can't so yeah yeah and uh, you know this is what showbiz says in the chat that what rudy gobert um an nba nba player who ended up having the virus. Before he found out he had the virus, he made a joke of it, and he, you know, touched the microphone, and he had... Yeah. Was screwing around, right? It's just, it's just, Ugh. I mean, that's... I, on the one hand, I feel, like, a little sorry for him, because that's the kind of, like, dumbassery that maybe if I was a kid, I would I would do. But, right. um, you know, it's something that we all have to... Really... Really try to not do like really like take it seriously don't don't treat it lightly um whether you are concerned about yourself or not i mean we all have people who are in the more at risk age range right most of us have parents or you know grandparents or just people of of an older age 
who matter to us. Oh, right? yeah. Who, who we really want to make sure are, are not going to get sick. And it's crazy, too, because I keep reading all these stories from, from people our age trying to convince their parents not to go out. You know, like there's actual... Has that happened to you? Have you had to do that? No, look, my mom is the most paranoid human on the planet. One of the most paranoid people that I know. I mean, she's calling me constantly just asking, you know, make sure that I... Like she was like, are you traveling anytime soon? You know, my mom's not going anywhere. (laughs) Okay. My my dad might be the kind of person to be like, okay, I'm just going to go. Who cares? You know, if it's my time, it's my... But my mom will probably be the kind of person who's like, you are not going anywhere. (laughs) And my dad will be like, okay. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, that's not how it was for me. Um, So, first of all, my parents are both medical professionals. Yeah, okay? well, yeah. A doctor and a nurse. <laughs> to preface this story. Uh, and my dad had arranged, you know, in advance to take a week off of work. The intention was to drive up to NorCal to visit my brothers who both live up there. They were going to take a, you know, nice long road trip up the, the one mm-hmm. uh, in California. You know, you can go up the Pacific Coast Highway, basically. Beautiful views. You know, there's hiking to be done. There's wineries to go to. It's nice. It's just a nice little leisurely thing you can do if you're like basically close to retirement age, like that. Right. Uh, and they insisted on going. You know, I I called them and I expressed my concern about them going. I asked my brothers to do the same. They called and expressed their concern about going. Like. We're, they're adults. We can't be like, you're not going, right? You, uh, we, we can't do that. But we could, like, really, like, be like, look, you're making us nervous. Mm-hmm. You're of the age range, even though they're both quite healthy. My mom, literally, I'm not sure I can recall ever hearing her cough. She's, she, I don't know that I've ever heard her get sick in my life. I'm not Jesus. sure what her cough sounds like. Um, but still, this is a new virus. You never know how it's going to react. So this doctor and a nurse in the middle of the worst pandemic of their lifetimes begin a trip up to Northern California. They, go, uh, they went? <laughs> yeah, they, they got in the car. Uh, and so they started driving up and they, they went to Santa Barbara and they, you know, went to, they got some food and they hung out a little bit and uh, they spent the night in some hotel in Santa Barbara. Oh my god. And we bugged them enough, I think, that they then the next day turned around and went back home. <laughs> and what the, their their reasoning was it was raining too hard and so they figured they should turn back around. Yeah. All right. Like <laughs> I've been with them on trips when it's raining and we still do whatever we're doing. But, you know, whatever they needed to tell themselves that wasn't like, all right, we're going to give in to our children. If they need to tell themselves, like, it was raining too hard, so it's time to go home, fine. <laughs> totally fine for me. Like, as long whatever as they're ex- at home and not at risk of coronavirus. Yeah, whatever excuse is good enough for you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, fine with me. And to now, be honest with you, yeah, they're adults, but you know what? I mean, it, it really does just get to a point in time sometimes where the kids have to tell the parents what to do. I mean, that's just... It, the roles reverse at some point, you know. It didn't work very well for them to tell my brothers and me what to do. <laughs> and Okay, fair <laughs> enough. 
and it's definitely does not work very well for us to tell them what to do. Fair We're enough. all pretty headstrong, I think, to be fair. Uh, and I learned that from somewhere, and I learned it from home. Right? <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I mean they're. God, they're literally a doctor and a nurse, and... Well, I mean, they, they've been kind of exposed to it in hospitals anyway, right? So, I mean... So, my dad has has had patients with coronaviruses, right? This is a particularly new strain of the coronavirus, mm-hmm. uh, of, of coronaviruses. But he's had people who with coronavirus in the past, yeah. But this thing is new, and right. so they don't, they don't have any antibodies to oh, it. Oh, right, 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 right. And, and so far... There haven't been any confirmed cases in our home county okay. other than people who were on cruise ships and oh, were quarantined. Right. Okay. There was one boy who was believed briefly to have had coronavirus, but it turns out like that might be a false positive after all. Okay. So in the hospital that my dad's working in, there haven't been any confirmed cases. But as he well knows, there aren't any tests. I think I told the story last week. At their hospital, which is, you know, in one of the richer areas, in one of the richer parts of the country, mm-hmm. they did not even have access to tests. So instead, they had people who had, you know, symptoms who that, like, may be coronavirus, maybe COVID-19, but they don't know. And so they just had to treat it very seriously. So maybe he has you know, met patients who have right. it, or at least been in the hospital at the same time that other people have it. I don't know that any of his patients specifically have been among those. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe that's going on where he works. I don't know. I mean, but he... for now, at least, just by ha- by happenstance, he happens to have this week off because they plan to take this trip. Right. So he's not going to be in the hospital for the next week. And I am selfishly pretty happy about that right <laughs> he's not going to be there yeah. taking any kind of risk he'll be there afterward again but you know at least for now he's not going to be he should be at home <laughs> just I hanging mean, out the craziest thing i mean you saw the news probably that you know the huawei huawei ceo you know jack ma is like sending corona test kits over to the united states i yeah. mean i just don't know how we don't have like these test kits all over the place i I mean it's not just us too i was reading a story about how in italy uh some hospitals were running out of like a particular component for the test and somebody actually brought in a 3d printer and started printing out parts that could substitute and then like the company that provided the machine got mad or something like that, that they were like taking away business or something to that degree. Someone in the chat, if they've read more detail about it, I kind of briefly skimmed the article, but you know, it just sounds like, you know, that no matter where you go, there's always going to be people. I mean, there's the stories of the people who drove around to all the stores and bought all the hand sanitizers so they can sell it online, you know, and, and, you know, people just trying to profit off of these things. And it's crazy. I'm always encouraged by the fact that when these kind of things typically come up, you see it during, you know, earthquakes and hurricanes and and even this, a, a great chunk of the population takes it seriously works to you know help other people doesn't want to infect anybody else that's the majority in these situations but then there are also always the mega jerks like this guy in i think it was in the new york times mm-hmm. who bought up seventeen thousand hand sanitizer bottles 
an incredible number. Or maybe it was even more than that, and that's how many he had left. It's just incredible. There's always that side, that person too. Thankfully, there seem like fewer of those, typically anyway. Um, but, you know, if one person buys up 17,000, the damage that they do is just incredible. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard, by the way, that in the end, he donated those. So at least that happened. Well, yeah, because but... he was going to get... I mean, his house would have gotten TP'd, but not going to happen anymore. So, cause and, people... and when I read that story, I thought to myself, okay, look, there's no way that the New York Times, like, did the investigative reporting to figure out who took all these bottles, right? How could you even do that? This guy went to the New York Times and was like, I'm having such a problematic day, I can't figure out where to give my 17th, or where to to sell my 70,000 bottles, I'm not being a, I'm being prevented from selling. Like it was his problem, right? Well, that he wanted to bring the, the so New York times a for couple, sympathy. A couple of things for there. Sure. People were saying that the 3d printed part was for ventilators, not for test kits. So ventilators that were in the hospitals in Italy. And then also some people are saying that the court forced him to donate all those uh, bottles that's so? Oh, I haven't heard that part. He okay. was being investigated. Well, I'm, I'm very ha uh, happy to hear that he's under investigation. Uh, yeah. That is... Yeah. You gotta blow him up for that. And in the New York Times, they had pictures of this guy with his family. Like, he's somebody who you should be uh, <laughs> sympathetic towards? Yeah, I know, right? You know, come on. I mean, you know... Anyway, so... A, a lot this, of people this is the life that we're all kind of living right now. Um, some areas are more on lockdown than others. For example, in the San Francisco Bay Area, mm -hmm. the six counties in that area are on lockdown. And if it's not something that's an emergency or if it's not a necessary trip, like to work if your work's still open or like to the grocery store if you need food, then you can't go out. Right. You're, you're, you're stuck inside. Um, yeah. That's I mean, the most uh, sort of aggressive policy as far as I know in the U.S. right now. But... You know, the Center for Disease Control recommended that events under or more than 50 people not happen. Um, there are more explicit shutdowns from many other areas. Uh, there's, there's a lot of different takes on how to do this. Unfortunately, there's no grand federal policy because we have a bunch of dinguses in control. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the states, the counties, the cities are taking steps. And uh, I hope that they'll be enough. So as a result, many of us are now working from home or we're stuck at home in any case if maybe we can't work from home, right, as many people cannot. Um, and that's, you know, it's a big change to, to how all of us are living. Yeah. I mean, one of the other things, too, you know, I mean, obviously, don't be a big dingus and, 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 and a selfish person. You know, there's been a lot of really nice suggestions out there from people on how to help other people. Uh, you know, for small businesses that are still trying to run, they suggested you can go in there and buy gift cards right now. So obviously, mm. if you can't eat at the restaurant, most restaurants sell gift cards, buy gift cards from them to help, you know, give them some money at this time. And then, you know, you can use it later on. You know, obviously, if you see, you know, elderly people trying to, there's all these stories out there of, you know, you know, elderly people just not being able to get any supplies or just having trouble. And, you know, there are good stories out there of, you know, companies buying stuff and giving stuff away. I saw one story of, you know, there was coronavirus packs being, uh, you know, made by like group of people to give away for free to, mm. you know, elderly folks and stuff. So, you know. I mean, obviously, you know, the news, we're going to highlight a lot of the, the, the jerks and the asshats out there. But, you know, there's 
there is definitely some solidarity going on out there. And I think, um, you know, it's important to, to, to highlight those as well, you know, just to make sure that we're, you know, trying to remain positive and hearing the good stories that, you know, make us want to pay it forward or may inspire us to do similar things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm down, by the way, we're down, by the way, to about one and a quarter rolls, maybe a total of one roll. Tell your brother to stop putting them into your Nintendo DSs, man. Come on. It's... What a reference. <laughs> uh, I mean, we'll be, we'll be okay. Uh, we're having some shift. It should get here. We'll see if that happens. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be fine. As far as what Super D says in the chat, what's the difference between the offender, Devil's Advocate? What's the difference between the offender, guy we're talking about, presumably who you know took seventeen thousand bottles? Or a CEO that legitimately manufactures sanitizer and hikes the price. How would I argue against that? In exactly the same way. Uh, and and no, my answer would be that there's not an important difference. I would, and I think that this, that most states do have have laws against gouging in, in instances like this. Uh, I would have the same kind of investigation against uh, people who do that. Uh, mm -hmm. I haven't heard about that happening, at least at the production level. Uh, I've heard about stores selling it at too high prices. I've heard about this jerk, but I haven't heard about the the producers. But sure, I think that's the same. I think it's the same for you know insulin prices to go way up. I think it should be the same kind of investigation for that kind of stuff for sure. Personally, that's what that's what I feel. I mean, it's it's oh, it makes me think of those times when like you know famous singers pass away and then Amazon and iTunes automatically jack up the prices of their albums. You mm. know, and it's it's. The, I think the weird weirdest part is that when you it's 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 funny how our brains are like this, but when you hear a company do something like that, you kind of expect them to be evil, <laughs> you know. But when you hear like some dude is just trying to take advantage of this, you're like, man, what's wrong with you, kind of thing. But I really do feel like you know we're getting to this point right now where we're really starting to understand. I mean, I, I feel like the country is really kind of starting to understand just how much the rich are stacking the deck in their own favor and you know just how much uh how kind of screwed we all are in a lot of ways because oh man i mean i, I just although you know the the way the elections are going the primaries are going it looks like people aren't quite ready for it yet but i do feel like it's we're getting there you know getting i ready. think we're getting there too like i've been talking about before i'm encouraged about progressivism anyway biden definitely won all the things tonight uh, <laughs> as far as so this is the world right the world is facing this problem the fgc is but a tiny tiny part of it but let's talk about how it is impacting the fgc sure go for it so, go for it so you know, I mentioned E3 got canceled. Uh, April Annihilation was canceled. Final Round was canceled. Michigan Masters is canceled. Um, now, Michigan Masters may be dead forever I mean, as a result of this. The, the main TO has already just said that he is not going to keep doing this anymore. Yeah. That he's planning just to go back to being a competitor and commentator because... Right. The financial burden was too much, and every year that right. he threw it, it was just, it's so stressful because it's not that you pay after you get all the money to when you run these events. When you run these events, you pay everything up front and just right. really hope you get everything back. And while some of the bigger events, they do get back and more, 
but they still have to front all that, you know, ahead of time. And so if anything yeah. ever happens, that's how badly they get screwed. I know John Choi was saying that, you know, he might be on the hook for 50K for the venue, you know, and that's that's not a that's not an insignificant amount. It's horrible. Uh, and then, as like I said, final round was canceled. And so they said that they would give uh, refunds for game fees and that they would give partial refunds for venue fees, but that they could only give 43% refund. Mm -hmm. And that's a very specific number that I feel they probably did the math in yeah. terms of like, how much do they need to keep to break even, right? right? Or at least to not have it not be terrible for them. Uh, and they kept that amount. And, and I certainly, and I hope other people are cool with this. I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. Right? I mean, I, I hope people are cool with them not refunding because, uh, not the, refunding the entirety of it. Because if they did, then they would be personally ruined. And I just don't, I certainly don't want to see that for anybody involved with that. And I hope that nobody else does as well. Yeah. I mean, you know, you talk about like Michigan Masters, you talk about someone like uh, Larry. Larry Dixon, who runs Final Round, I mean, he yeah. just had a kid, like, maybe two years ago or something, you right. know, and, you know, it's Final Round being canceled, I'm sure, is, I mean, this is going to be the first year in, what, 25 years that there's no Final Round? I mean, right. that's how much this guy has put into the community and how much he's dedicated to the FGC, you know, and if anybody out there is mad because <laughs> he's not going to refund fully or something, I don't even know what the situation is with him. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, Jabaley started kind of like a donation fund for CEO Dreamland, but all the TOs out there, John Choi, Larry, Biggie, had April Annihilation canceled on him, the Michigan yep. Masters, as you mentioned, you know, uh, all these events, all these TOs are kind of in a rough situation. Again, these events have never been about profit, you know? <laughs> these right. FGC events have always been about, we just want to run something cool for the community, and yeah. we would like to do one in our area because everyone else gets it. So why can't we have one too? So we're going to yeah. run one in our area. We're going to put up all these reasons. We're going to do this just to make sure that our community gets to play. It's never been about them being greedy or trying to make money. I don't know any of these events that started as a means to earn money. And most of the ones that did are usually not around or never happened because they found out it wasn't profitable. And then they scammed the community, which caused Jabaley to start CEO in the first place, you know, kind of right, situation. Right, exactly, yeah. So I, I can't name you a single one of these events that started as a means of profit. I don't think anybody yeah. got into this. And that lasted. Yeah, uh-huh, that lasted. I don't think anybody got into this, you know, as a specific way to make money. They're all doing it for the community, so, you know. I yeah, for sure, for sure. And, you know, people in our chat were very supportive of the decision made by people at Final Round. Larry, obviously, the the head of it, but other people involved there, too. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy that they're... I, I hope, I guess, that they break even and that it's not yeah. a terrible financial burden for them. And then, as you said... Uh, CEO Dreamland happened this past weekend, and we'll talk about the results later, but you know, there were so many people who decided not to go of and asked for refunds. Mm -hmm. And I think one way that you can really tell that these events are not just about profit, or even primarily, is that Jabaley refunded people who didn't go. Mm -hmm. You know, these weren't people who uh, Jabaley was obligated to refund, right? I mean, 
the event still went on. They could have gone. They believe they shouldn't have gone. They're probably right about that. Right. But Jibaley refunded them still, and in doing so, gave up who knows how much money. I mean, a lot. Right. A lot of money, right? Many thousands of dollars. I would, I would guess uh, five or six digits even. Not six. Four or five digits geez, uh, of stuff that he, of money that he lost. So as a result, he was, people began giving him donations, and then he asked for more donations. And, and I think that's very reasonable as well. I don't want Alex Jabaley or CEO Gaming in general to go bankrupt. I want there to continue to be CEO events. I, I, mm -hmm. He's my friend, and I want him to be okay, right? Uh, so I'm, I'm, that didn't put me off at all. I, I totally support that kind of thing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's that interesting time. Because even, you know, on my stream, I don't even feel right asking for subs and donations and stuff. Obviously, we're all mm. hurt here as commentators. We're not getting any gigs anymore. And yeah. uh, we're kind of uh, in bad situations. But everybody is, right? I mean, is it my place right. to sit here and go, oh, my God, give me everything, you know, support me? Because look how sad of a position i'm in oh what was me but like like i said everybody's suffering right now and you know it's just it's not a pretty picture out there and honestly if you do have the means you know like i said talked about earlier buying gift certificates to your favorite restaurants or mm -hmm. you know or even just your favorite content creators you know right you know just just uh support them hit them up uh, you know don't uh subscribe to their twitch not necessarily ours or mine or, you know, or yeah. anything. Just, you know, if you can, you know, find somebody that you really uh, appreciate and really want to support and try and, and, and do your best to help them because every little bit is going to be appreciated at this point. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right, too. Uh, as long as people are not giving more money than they can, you know, they have to keep some for themselves. But, yeah, I, I, I certainly agree. And as Sir Serpa says... Uh, some of the people who won money at CEO Dreamland actually gave that money back uh, to the event oh, as really? far as the donations. Dang, that's um, crazy. Okay. So people people are coming together of it. Yeah, I mean that's that is definitely that's very admirable. Really, really nice that they did that. Uh, you know, the the topic of conversation that I feel is it's always we've been talking about on our show when I'm talking with other people in in real life or on Discord or on Twitter. How is Combo Breaker going to be? Right? Is Combo Breaker going to be able to survive this? I think they're in a very precarious situation. And yeah. it's not just that so many of us like to go there that we're concerned about it or that we like the people involved with it that we're concerned about it. It's the timing, I think. When you think about Evo, Evo is in July. And that, I think, feels far enough off that this could maybe be over by then. Right? There's Maybe oh. not, but that seems yeah. plausible at least. But where combo breaker is in may in late may mm -hmm. is this weird kind of time from now in two months two months maybe it's over by that point but even if it is you got to think that fewer people will be comfortable to travel yeah and on top of that that few people relatively speaking will have the means to still think <clears throat> that they can afford to travel right um so i think i think that that window, that time that Combo Breaker happens to be, is uh, is just a precarious time. I'm I'm although still concerned, less concerned 
about events like CEO and uh, Evo, and then you know the many other events that happen throughout the rest of the year, less concerned. But you know the events that are in April have canceled. Yeah. Uh, the ones in March obviously have canceled. And the ones in May, that's where it begins to be like unsure if that's wise to run. Well, but I'm, it may be that they just can't cancel yeah. right without there being drastic financial penalties and so there's just this it's a very strange position to be in i'm sure very difficult and the timing issue that you mentioned there's a lot more to it than that even just you know when it's happening but you know combo breaker has grown exponentially year after year and this is the first time rick has moved to a new venue He's expanded. Right. It's kind of similar to when Larry, after the first year of Street Fighter V, flooded final round and was like, all right, fine, I'll get a bigger venue. And then all of a sudden nobody went because everybody was mad about the previous year. Or right, something. Right. They just had no idea what was going to happen. It could be very similar for Combo Breaker. You know, Pheasant Run just became too small. So Rick went out, got a brand new venue, more expensive venue, and then this happens, you know, and obviously it sounds selfish to say, oh, this happens and it affects us. Obviously, it's affecting everybody. But, yeah, yeah, you course. know, point being that, you know, then the coronavirus happens and he just spent more money on a bigger venue and everything. And so if it does have to cancel, he's on the hook for even more. He also just had a kid. And, and trust that's right. me, that's not inexpensive either, you know. And so, you know. It's it's very very unfortunate timing for Rick and and for Combo Breaker, you know. So uh, yeah, absolutely it is. And by the way, it wasn't just that they needed to get a bigger space. The Pheasant Run closed. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's that happened it's, too. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. They yeah, can't yeah. even go back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's a very worrisome situation. Oh, that's right. That was something I wanted to talk about, and I wanted to talk to you specifically about this, David. So, you know, one of the things that they had talked about, CEO Dreamland, and Jabaili said that he can't really cancel the event unless the city mandates it, because then he can claim a force majeure or whatever, however you pronounce that. Yeah, that's right. What 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 is that all about? So basically, you know, he has to run it because he can't really request a refund from the hotel unless it was a city mandated thing or, you know, how does that all work? Sure. So the basics of it is that if you are, if you sign up to do, to perform something under a contract, Mm -hmm. but then that thing is impossible, you can't be held to enforce to, to do it. Right. That is to say, uh, this is the, the example that I learned in law school, I think is just a, it's a handy one. Say that you are employed to till a field, but then that field slides into the ocean. (laughs) Are you supposed to still till the field? You can't, right? It's right. it's impossible mm-hmm. because it doesn't exist. So you cannot be held to your performance of that contract, which means that you are the contract's voided, right? It's okay. basically done. It's canceled in a way. Um, and that's that's a that's a well settled piece of contract law. So that's impossibility and- uh, is that doctrine. Uh, there's a similar one called impracticability, where if it's just like mm. impractical, it's a little bit different, but uh, same idea. Uh, now, do, do and these then things there's have another one? Um, do, do these things have to con- be written into the contract? No, or? those do not. Okay. Those are just basic parts of contract law that don't gotcha. have to be written in. What needs to be written in 
um, or at least is better to be written in, is what you mentioned, force majeure. Okay. Um, so if there's a if there's some you know grand force that prevents you from doing a thing, then it's the same kind of idea, right? It becomes impossible, and so the contract's not to be enforced. What's useful to have a force majeure pro uh, clause in a contract for is to specify like, exactly what counts. Right, what counts for sure? So what's always written in there are acts of God, and that's usually interpreted as like Nature. a hurricane destroyed the building, uh, an earthquake destroyed the building, like th things like that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, you will also often have like a riot that prevents it from happening, or you know, an act of government that makes it illegal or that otherwise prevents it from happening. So those are like common things that are in there. And also the uh... reason that people are concerned about the you know, whether the government shuts it down or not, the reason that that might be helpful is that if the government requires that an event be shut down, then it is impossible for the event to go on, and so they can't be held to the contract, right? So if the contract says, if you guys back out, you're going to be penalized $100,000. That means if you cancel, then you owe 100000 bucks to the hotel. But if instead the government says that this contract can't happen, it's impossible, you're not canceling, and so you don't have to pay. Right. It's just that the contract's over. It's just voided entirely. Right. So that 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 is the best case scenario for many event organizers right now, not just in the FGC but in other stuff. They're hoping basically that the government says that you can't do these things right. because if the government does not, if they have to cancel themselves, they're on the hook big time. If they don't cancel and they continue through with it, like with CEO Dreamland. So few people go right now that mm -hmm. it's almost like you did cancel in terms right. of how much you owe as a result, right? Okay. So, so yeah, people are event organizers are hoping that governments shut them down. Yeah, I mean that's what happened with uh, NCR. Choi was planning to go through with it, but then you know the the county closed it down, and you know hopefully he won't be on the hook for the fifty k. Um, so it's really important to read, sort of. Well, it's always important to have a lawyer, right? But it's it's super important to understand exactly what those things say. San Jose, well, not San Jose, the county that they're in, Santa Clara County, said that events that have 1,000 or more people at the same time in the same place can't take place. Right. I mean, even... That's not the same thing as saying that there's 1,000 people who enter a tournament, right? Those mm -hmm. are two different things, legally speaking. And... Hotels will definitely be as fine as they can <laughs> if they think that they're going to be out however much money. You well, have to be super sure. There was, uh, there later, was a... the county said that events of 250 people at any, at any one time are shut down. So, I mean, that's they're okay now. But, yeah, I mean, that's something you have to make very sure uh, that you are correct about in interpreting. There's really only... Maybe a few, certainly one of F FGC event, maybe three that have 1,000 people in one spot at right. one time. Uh, that's quite a high burden. But anyway, 250 people should should be a kick. So I think they're probably fine. I mean, there there was a tweet out there about I think it was WrestleCon, right? Uh, people have been mentioning it in the chat that uh, someone tweeted out that the Marriott is trying to you know force them to pay like a hundred thousand or something in losses right. because WrestleCon was canceled. Right. You know, so, you know, like you said, not all of the hotels are are playing nice. Um, what's interesting well, look, also, oh, but also uh, just wanted to bring up the fact that Joey 
uh, Mr. Wizard retweeted something that said Mandalay Bay is shutting down uh, for a little bit. So Mandalay Bay is actually just shut down right now. They said oh, right now, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah right now. So, uh, you know, obviously, if that happens and it extends all the way through end of July, then Evo is going to be canceled no matter what. So, right. yeah, right. Yeah, well, look, at amounts of money like $100,000, that's too much to, I think, care about the reputational harm of enforcing a lawsuit like that. Everybody thinks you suck. If you're, if you're the hotel who enforces that kind of penalty by going mm -hmm. to court, you lose big time in the court of public opinion. But $100,000 is, I mean, that's multiple employees year-long salaries. Like, that is, that's legit money that, right. at that point. Even if people think you suck, I get it. <laughs> I, I, I understand. That's that's too much to, to play with, really. Oh, God. By the way, yeah, as everybody in the chat is mentioning, um, in my contracts, I do include under force majeure, uh, zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I was I was about to make a zombie apocalypse joke for I do that. I mention reason, that so. in contract language. There's a couple reasons for that. One is that as a lawyer, you don't have much uh, room to express yourself in contract. <laughs> but then the other one is actually a little bit more practical. Have you ever heard the story about how a band required that they get a um, a tub of only green M&M's? Yes, yes, uh-huh. Mm -hmm. So this is one of the most genius contract ideas ever. The idea behind that is that they sent a whole list of requirements to every uh, venue that they were going to play a show at, mm -hmm. including all the technical specifications, safety stuff, everything that they needed to make sure that the show was going to run safely and well. And included among this big old list of things is the bowl of green M&Ms. They don't care about green M&Ms. Instead, they want to make sure is that the people reading the contract have read it so closely and they're, that they've stuck by every single thing so well that they've even done the bowl of green M&Ms. And so if they go to a place and there's no bowl of green M&Ms, then they can know that the people who are running the show didn't read the contract closely enough wow. and didn't abide by it closely enough and so that's like a sign that they would go and um you know investigate to make sure that things are safe and that the show will be well run and, and even genius. even if the they came back and said are you serious about this do we really exactly. have to do this that's good enough they could say no right. you don't have to but at least we know you're reading the whole thing basically that's right it's so smart so I never putting, cause so when I heard that story originally, I thought they were just being jerks. But th right? I mean, this is that's crazy. I didn't realize that was the goal. That's actually they're just being prima donnas, right? Yeah. But no, yeah, yeah. That's that's awesome. And then yeah, as a result, you get uh, the best flavor of regular M and M's. Zombie apocalypse is is kind of like a it's a tiny take on that. You know, you're just. When if I see something that's like that in an uh, in an opposing counsel's contract, I'm I I pay I pay attention to that. I'm I'm noticing, uh, it's it shows that I'm paying attention. Mm -hmm. um, when my clients read through it, I I always when I send a contract to a client, I always want them to read it so that they know what they're signing, right? Mm -hmm. Even though I'm their lawyer, I'm doing my best for them. I want them to know. And so if my client, if I'm like 
hey, read through all this. Make sure you understand. Let me know if you have any questions. Let me know if anything seems weird. And they don't come back and be like, zombie apocalypse, huh? Then I'll like know <laughs> that they didn't read it, right? It's like <laughs> unlikely that they read the whole thing because they would see zombie apocalypse and be like, why is this in my contract? So, you know, it's the same, same kind of idea. <sighs> anyway, yes, it turns out that zombie apocalypse is the closest thing that uh, many contracts have. I'm not the only one who's done this that many contracts have to pandemic in force majeure clauses. So force majeure typically does not include disease. It can, it's just not something that most people have thought to put in as lawyers, to be frank. Right. I mean, we we got to do that from now on. But I mean, what, uh, as a result, if, if force majeure was written to include, what if there's a pandemic disease that people are afraid of? Then okay, then that contract you can escape because it's explicitly in there. That's just very few contracts that do have that for now. Yeah. <sighs> Man. But, I mean, so let me see. Uh, is it illegal for a business to neglect closing business operations during a state of emergency and put profits over health of population? It just depends on what kind of business you run. That's really what it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> Yeah, it's kind of an interesting time. And and the worst thing about it, honestly, is like, I just, you know, it just didn't feel like our government was taking it seriously at first, you know. And or now, now. they are yeah. obviously been caught off guard and it was a surprise that this all happened yeah. and everything. So, All right, so it's not just the big ones that are closing down. Many locals are gone uh, for now or in hibernation. Uh, our World's Collide locals are off there's going to be an online tournament instead nlbc uh, is Wednesday closed night fights same way yeah nlbc closed as well so yep. yeah tomorrow yep. there's not going to be any of those tournaments tomorrow and i know that the locals in chicago are the same way i assume most cities are, are dealing yeah. with that same, same <laughs> thing as well so all right all this stuff super sucks but let's talk about how the fgc is kind of adapting to this right okay. and we're trying to that's just the state we're in um more online events, yeah. right? People have been announcing more tournaments and long-time existing tournaments have been getting more entries. So, uh, you know, Reddit slash Street Fighter has been running weekly tournaments forever. Long, long time at mm -hmm. this point. And they had over 100 people in the East Coast only tournament. Dang. So they, they're getting more people entering. Dude, did you, um, did you hear how many people were in Ronin Rumble this past no. weekend for Grand Blue Fantasy Versus? 219 people were in wow. that. That was, that was, we used to go insane over those numbers at Evo for MVC2. <laughs> right. You know, we were like, 200 people? Oh my, there were 219 people who entered Ronin Rumble this weekend for wow. Blue Fantasy Versus. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then uh coliseum is the mortal Kombat weekly that uh mr aquaman's crew have been they're just starting again but mm -hmm. they're just starting it and that got a ton of people entering i mean so th so there's a lot of stuff going on um rafts bringing back uh fates crossing for bb tech oh, nice. like, there's a lot more <clears throat> online events that we're going to be focusing on instead because that's all we have right now yeah and honestly uh god how now is the time more than ever to just go play Mortal Kombat, man? Because you're gonna get net code, like real net code. Ugh. 
I tell I you, you, I was playing some Grand Blue Fantasy Versus yesterday, and I had some matches that had like seven, eight frames of delay, and you know, oh. doesn't sound like a lot, like, oh, a frame is a 60th of a second, but oh, it's, it is all the difference in the world, and you know, I don't know if that means that, you know, these companies are going to look more closely into, I, I would love to see a stat right now on Steam of which mm. fighting games are getting played more because, you know, we're all self-quarantining and we're all sitting at home and playing fighting games. I wonder if the ones that have better netcode are the ones that are being uh, focused on right now. I mean, obviously Street Fighter V, the netcode is better than it was before. It's still not perfect, but it's still rollback. Yeah. So I imagine Street yep. Fighter V is probably doing pretty well online. I got to imagine games like Mortal Kombat have had to have increased their player base. Uh, Garou, Mark of the Wolves, them's fighting mm. herds, fight of animals, you know, all these things I got to imagine are doing better now uh, because we're all playing at home. I would think so. And I know as well that uh, some server problems have been there because of all the people <clears throat> playing online. Uh, Xbox servers have been in trouble. Discord was down for a while. Dude, is it just me? But I was trying to watch videos on YouTube and things are chugging. Even YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I've had things chug on YouTube, on uh, Twitch, on Disney Plus. You know, it, it feels mm. like it's more than you know, more than just hey, it's my internet. You know. Uh -huh. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think I think it probably is more than that. Yeah, just mm -hmm. servers are getting hammered out there because so many people are home. Um, so if you want to play fighting games online, now's the time to do it because so is everybody else, uh, which is which is nice at least. Well, an additional way that I wanted to highlight that some people are helping this, you know, we were talking about how if you have, if you still have disposable cash that you can safely, mm -hmm. you know, without at risk to yourself, um, help other people out with, then Tenno did a really nice thing. Right, so. Tenno is a fighting game broadcaster. They do most of the big events nowadays. They do most of the pro tours um, when those existed. And they put out a donation initiative, uh, which I'm going to put into the chat. And the reason that I wanted to highlight this is that it's important to, to realize that the people who are doing FGC events uh, as, as a significant part of their income Many of them are people who are relatively behind the scenes that folks at home may not know, right? So if they're maybe artists or they are production or they're support staff, uh, they are TOs, but maybe not the ones who are like the face of events. Like right. There's a lot of people involved in these things who are under the radar and cannot as easily have a platform to ask for help. So... I like this because it's this is all in kind of a focused spot. Quite a few people who um, you know have been very important to putting on FGC events, both for people who are at the venue and for people who are watching on stream. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just looking through the list and seeing the people on there, and <clears throat> yeah, actually, surprisingly, a fairly short list. I mean, if you are a person who is a content creator and I mean, I see a lot of guys in the chat, you know, I see guys like Ace King Offsuit, you know, I know these guys have been right. doing a lot of stuff, you know, sure a lot of those guys could uh, <clears throat> try to throw their name in there. I mean, I'm not sure if I want to put my name directly in there because Ultra Chen TV is in there already and it would just feel yeah. weird if I 
put myself in there and I had two entries in there, I don't know, it would be kind of weird. So I hear you. <clears throat> so, um, but if you are somebody who wants to get your name in there, this is the brainchild of, you'll never believe it, Hanzo Gonzo. Dude, look, it's... It, it's Hanzo Gonzo is one of those people that, you know, his mind is evil and his heart is good, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he, he just, he, he, he's a troll in so many ways, but again, he has such a strong understanding of how the world kind of functions and, and he yeah. really tries to do a lot of good things. So he, he's, a, he's a good guy. Um, I feel that he and I have pretty similar personalities in some ways. Yeah, I, I, I agree. <laughs> it's, he's, I think he's a little bit more extreme than you. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair to say. <laughs> but he's a little it, younger too, so I'm not sure that you would have said that if I were 10 years younger. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true too. That's true. I mean, look. You are Shinfart Butler sixty nine, right? So you I am, know, I am Shinfart Butler sixty nine. That's a very Hanzo thing to do. <laughs> right. Anyway, check this out. I put it in the chat. Uh, I'll try to remember to have this up on the YouTube video as well, just just so people can check it out. Again, you know, please don't give any money or spend anything if you can't yourself definitely afford it, because you know who knows how long this kind of stuff's gonna last. You know who knows how long we're gonna we're gonna be sequestered indoors. How long we won't be able to make money. Make sure that you plan things out for yourself. But if it's something that you can do, then you know these people would appreciate your support. Hang on one second here. I'm gonna see if I can add it to the. Yeah, there we go. I just added the link to the, the 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 bar at the bottom so that you can actually see. I you know I hadn't heard of this before, but so thanks for putting this <coughs> in chat. The Smash GG info. Uh, Blue put it in here. What's up? Um, this is a relief fund donation shop on Smash GG. And the goal of it, it says, is to uh, help TOs in trouble by making donations to help cover their event costs. Our goal is to pass the money made from the fund directly to impacted TOs. We'll distribute all the money collected by the fund after transaction fees to each TO based on the donations they receive. And we'll continue to add other TOs affected in batches to help as many as we can. So then you scroll down a little bit and you can give to a general teal relief fund or NorCal regionals, pound, uh, final round, CEO dreamland. Yeah, I you see, know, hopefully I that see will be them. other ones. Show well, maybe we won't need to, but the ones who are affected, I hope will put themselves on there as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm sure this just started. Yeah, well, yeah, because uh, if you look at it, you know, so far it looks like uh. The general fund has raised $24, and none of the events have any money in it right now. But hopefully yeah. the more word that this gets spread, then people will be willing to help and uh, willing to donate some money to these guys to help them out. Again, Yeah, I'm going to try to remember to put that up on the YouTube video as well. Okay. Yeah, and again, you know, one of the things is it's, you know, there's no I've I've been talking about a lot of these TOs, you know, I've been highlighting certain ones, but none of these TOs really deserve it more than any other TO. So whichever one is your favorite, whichever one you feel like supporting, you know, please do. I don't feel like you know, anybody should hear and go should sit here and be like, Nah, this guy doesn't deserve it. These people you know, it's like oh, yeah. it's not a fight, it's not a contest. We're trying to help everybody out here. I hear that, and again, I know that many of us are 
eventually or will be in the future. So if that's you, don't even worry about it, right? Just make sure that you're that you're doing your best for yourself and people who matter to you up close. <coughs> um, anything else to say about ways that the FGC is trying to adapt to this? Um, no, nothing comes to mind. Okay. Well, anything else to say about the COVID stuff in general? Uh, I mean, without trying to get too political, no. So we'll just move on. So okay. I, I put both of the links down there at the bottom there. I separated it with the pipe character there. So you can actually okay. see the Tenno donation and the smash.gg fund at the bottom of the page right now. So if, if you know, you don't see, if you're watching this embedded somewhere or something, I don't know how that would happen, but you know, or if you don't have access to the link, you can just manually try to type it down there. I'm sure you can also go to uh, smash.gg and just do a search for, you know, relief fund, and that would help show up as well, so. Yeah, Wednesday Night Fights and NLBC are doing online tournaments. I think that's probably something that many locals are doing. I don't know them all, but that's mm -hmm. my guess because I know that the ones in LA are doing that. The ones in Orange County are doing that. The ones in Chicago and New York are doing that. Those are just the ones that I know. I know the people there. Yeah, I see some people. I in imagine the... that's happening in other places. Too. I see some people in the chat yelling at me to stop touching my face. Dude, it's like so hard. <laughs> yo, yo, I, I, I understand. And that's, that's in part why I wear the mask when I've been going to the store as well. Mm -hmm. Because I have the same habit. I'm sure I've been doing it the whole time without even realizing it. And if I have a thing that's on my face right. then i can't touch my face that's probably a good idea when i go well, to the grocery store i think i might just have to do that so yeah man swear one of these and things. i have i have glasses on so i'm not going to be touching my eyes all the time so i basically have you know some protection on the old face here uh, <laughs> from myself I mean, my problem is like I just like touching my face all over the place, and I have like a you know this this like almost kind of minor rash on the side of my face, and so I've been scratching it a lot and everything, and touching my ear all the time, and ugh, it's not good. Bummer. Ugh. All right, dude. Well, look, you want to take a break and come back and then talk about tournaments? Uh, do you want to take a break or do you want to just r go through this whole entire thing? Because I know at eight o'clock. I... We gotta you. We need you. Need we need to transition over to spawn, right? So I would like to take a break so that I can go uh, or heat up some pizza. Okay, fair enough. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Okay. Worst thing about this whole situation, too, and it's not even just you know the virus just making me kind of depressed and you know. My brother is working from home now, so he's not waking me up to go to lunch. Dude, my sleep schedule is so destroyed at this point. Uh, Jasmine is sleeping. She's chilling. I can see her right now. I don't know where Nathan is right now. He might be downstairs in the bedroom sleeping as usual. Mm, God, I mean, I saw, I mean, we were tweeting at each other near mom. We were tweeting each other. I saw you tweet at me at like seven in the morning and I was like, uh, why are you awake? But of course I was awake too. <laughs> uh. And you're in Texas, Jesus, okay. <laughs> hmm. Crazy how things are going, but you know, I'm just trying so hard to 
I gotta get my sleep schedule back in order. But also a lot of it is just, I've been doing a lot of video editing and um, the Grand Blue Verses and the First Attack episodes are a lot more hard to edit. So I've just been staying up and doing a lot of editing and I'm probably gonna be doing the same today. Gotta work on the slides for First Attack for this Thursday as well. I keep reading all these things about people like, man, they're self-quarantined and they're bored and they're running out of things to do. Here's some ideas like clean your house. And I was like, God damn, I wish I could clean my house. <laughs> oh man. Well, it's also, I think it's because of the time change as well. The cats um, become more active when the sun goes down. And where I'm at right now, it's still a little bit bright at this time of day right now. Normally, before it got darker a lot earlier, so the cats aren't as active when the suns are out. When the sun is out, uh, cats are naturally not daytime creatures; they're nocturnal creatures. Oh, thanks, Elm. If you have any feedback on anything in particular that's been helping, anything that's been particularly useful, let me know. I'm trying really hard with that. But to be honest with you, I'm, I'm not sure how much longer I can do the... Uh, not sure how much longer I can do these first attacks and streams and stuff because at this point in time it might be imperative for me to get back into the workforce right now because um, yeah finances are not in a happy place right now so I have returned yep dang look at you chomping away at pizza chomping that, away was that a microwave pizza or is that leftover pizza Leftover pizza. Leftover pizza. Looks good. Makes me want to order some pizza now. Well, it was just like whatever Trader Joe's version of DiGiorno pizza is. Oh, okay. Um, dude, I mean, if you go okay. to job interviews, don't shake hands, dude. Just don't do it. Nope. By the way, I too am applying to law firms. Uh, what, what, what do you want me to show you, Mr. Friday? I don't have anything here to show show you. <laughs> Alright man, we ready to come back? Yeah. Meter usage, Elm, yeah, no worries. That um managing resources is something that will come up eventually, but probably not for a while just because I have so many topics to go through. I mean literally I've written out a syllabus and I'm I, I'm full of topics for the next few weeks, which is a good thing, so Okay, let's go ahead and get ready to jump back. Are you ready, David? I am. Like I said, I'm not going to uh, do any mic off or mic on. I'm just going to go straight back in. So, and I'll, All right, I'll, well, you're, you, you bring us back in then. Yeah, I'll introduce us as soon as this music goes away. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Tuesday show. We have just talked all about the FGC and you know the coronavirus going around and everything, but let's just talk about FGC stuff now. Let's just talk about some nice old fun FGC stuff.
Did you see that? No, what happened? Ajax opened the door and he came in with his tail high. Oh, because he wants the pizza. He smells the pizza, right? He just hates when doors are closed. Oh, really? Come on, bud. You might as well cut up here now. Oh. All right, so. <laughs> a few things. Yeah. All right, well, a few things did happen over the weekend, even though... You look like you're down. a character in a first-person shooter and Ajax is the main character right now, you know? <laughs> hey, buddy. Um, uh, look, let's talk about some of the stuff. Did you watch Reflex 10K? Uh, yes, I did, actually. This uh, was the Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3 tournament in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, put on and, by K. Brad and uh, yeah. brought back a lot of the old school guys. And yeah, all of them out there. Uh, people cal kept calling him Corona Brad now because, you know, right. like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. you know, they were just saying, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to have fun. And it was nice to see. It was not it was a great thing to see and have all the players there and, you know, to see an event going on like that. It was encouraging, yeah. obviously terrifying at the same time, because. We're still at a phase right now where we don't know if anybody's affected there, but, you right. know, hopefully, you know, knock on wood that everybody's okay. Absolutely right, yeah. A lot of people, you know, understandably, didn't go. Ryan LV didn't go. Uh, Justin Wong didn't go. You know, hard to name them all. A lot of people didn't go. I mean, Justin and... even told me that, you know, whenever he travels, like... He can't really go back to his family for a few weeks until he's sure he's not sick. I mean, that's kind of the extent that he's he, they're going. And again, I just looked at him and was like, I don't blame you at all. That sounds like the smartest thing to do, you know? Yes, it does. <sighs> yeah, absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So some of the you know sort of best players in UMBC's three's history didn't go, but still, a lot of the best players in its history did go. Yeah, I mean, I was even surprised that F-Champ flew all the way out there from the Philippines. Right. Um, so he was out there, and in fact, I can't believe, I mean, everybody was, you know, it was the talk of the tournament that it happened that for fourth place, you know, the fourth place mass were, match was between Filipino champ and Kane Blue River, you know? <laughs> right. Okay, so results, right? So winner of it was Duel Kevin. Yeah. Deadpool Dante Hawkeye. Uh, he, you know, has been great, right? Nowadays, you think of him more Street Fighter Five, but in Marvel Infinite, he did great. In late Marvel Three, he was becoming one of the best players. Yes, but he was kind of relatively a late bloomer compared to some of these other players. Mm -hmm. So I think that's super, super cool for him that he took this. You know, look, it's twenty twenty, right? I mean, the game is nine years old. In Ultimate Marvel, is mm -hmm. uh, and that's. You know, it's... Are you playing the best that you're playing ever? No, but <laughs> still... I mean, frankly, but still, it's it's a great feeling, I'm sure. And he said it was a great feeling to to win this thing, to, to finally prove that he, you know, can be one of the best. Yeah, I mean, he definitely got hype enough to, you know, have some choice words for other franchises. <laughs> but <laughs> um, he, uh, I mean, he was clearly one of the best in MVCI. So you yes. know that, you know, he was, his mind is in that place. His brain is right there for it. So, you know, no surprise that he was able to take it. And, you know, he beat F-Champ in Grand Finals. F-Champ did reset the bracket as well, mm -hmm. uh, coming from loser side. He was sent 
to losers in a dominating 3-0 by Duel Kevin. And so, you know, that's not only, you know, talks about Duel Kevin's skill in the game, but also the mental fortitude that he's developed over the past year or so because he got reset by Champ and, you know, that could have that could have broke a lot of people, but he still managed to pull yeah. through and take it. So good job. To in a 3-0, by the way, in the second set. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a pretty quick 3-0. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he played great. Filipino champ got second with Magneto Doom Phoenix. And he still looked mostly like himself. He was still doing infinites in there. His mm-hmm. movement with Magneto still looked great. I mean, even the commentators were kind of echoing what you said. Like, they were like, oh, he's still doing this. Oh, my gosh. You know, and, and you know, actually, at first... Uh, when the when the tournament in its, was in its early phases, F Champ was missing a lot of plink dashes as well, mm-hmm. and he even mentioned that like he jumped on the mic at one point and was like, "Yo, I, I gotta stop missing these plink dashes." And you could hear K Brad going, "Oh, okay, he's getting it now," you know. So you know there was definitely some rust there, but again, these guys are some of the best at the game. Play, getting back to it's gonna be like riding a bike for them. So. You know, no surprise that F Champ got second place. Uh, third place was um, Priest from Southern mm-hmm. California, and fourth place was, as I mentioned earlier, Cane Blue River. And yeah, that match between Cane Blue River and Filipino Champ was just—it was like scriptedly perfect. <laughs> it was—it was fantastic. Champ going up 2-0, and then Cane Blue River coming back, tying it up 2-2, and then it went to 3-3, right? I mean, it was a 4-3 victory, I think. It was 4-3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It was right right to the end. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was snake tits rule, so it was was right to the end of of 4-3. And really, really good set, back and forth. And, you know, Cane Blue River won some rounds that that team wins, right? <laughs> Where he just like gets an air throw at the beginning of a round and then it's like two more decisions and he wins. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. It definitely happens with that team. But then there were also some rounds that were just very much a Filipino champ round of mm-hmm. like him running away, away with Magneto, zoning out with Magneto and, and Doom. Phoenix and getting five staying bars. Away, just staying away, staying away, staying away. Phoenix getting five bars and then. Right. Pop and Phoenix, and then what does Hulk do but die, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I thought that was just an awesome one. And then, you know, of course, they had a, a giant rivalry back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, classically, I forget now which major it was, but, you know, they had an uh, exhibition set that F Champ dominated in, yeah. and then the next day they played in bracket, and, and Cane Blue River actually won that one. Yeah. Um, and that that was just that was big news at the time uh it was uh, you know obviously one of the biggest games in fgc at the time and so for that to see kind of a redux i thought was really great and what i liked too was that at the end you know f champ who won it um wasn't a dick about it yeah yeah he gave nico a hug and and congratulated him and, and patted him on the back a lot yeah, um, I, I, yeah I, I thought that was good to see. Everybody in the chat was like, mic up champ, mic up champ, because they all thought yeah. that, and K-Brad was like, yo, that's not going to happen. And right. uh, interesting enough, I feel like if even if they had mic'd him up, I don't know if he would have said much, to be honest, because yeah, he was I, I think right. concentrating. And I think even champ knows at this point in time, you know, as much as he wants to, you know, discredit Kane Blue River. And, you know, again, he said he didn't regret the things that he did in the past, you know, but he has more respect for him now. You know, uh, champ is going to champ. But the yeah. thing is, you know, like, I think he knows that 
he has to concentrate and work to beat yes. Cane Blue River. And so, you know, as much as he wants to pretend, you know, that Cane Blue River isn't capable, he has to he has to respect it. So the thing about that team is that it's one of the most barbarian fighting game characters in any fighting game ever. <laughs> it's it? it's the true so definition of Unga, you know. <laughs> I mean, for sure. You it's not that you get to be an idiot with that team. It's that to play that team the best, you have to be an idiot. Right? Yeah. You have to you have to play as an idiot. Like that's that's the team promotes that. That's right. what it does well. So when people see KBR and they think, oh, he's just he's mashing H, mashes Lariat. Well, that's the team. Right. right? He's playing it right. Like I, I've always been. I've always been excited to watch him play. <laughs> as you can tell, uh, fifth yeah. places were inside, aka unknown. Uh, with Wesker Sentinel Viper and Joker with Magneto Zero Sentinel. And in seventh were Joey D with Zero Doom Virgil and G4C Frankie G with Magneto Doom Virgil. Uh, cool for Unknown to get up there, but that's, you know, unfortunately for him, that's, like, what he often did. Yeah, and, yeah. Right? He would, like, play great, but, like, not not quite And he has there. a different handle now. Inside, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, cool to see Joker out. I what the, one of the guys was saying on stream that that was the first time he had traveled in most of a decade to the U.S., which was dang. You know, okay. Okay. Cool. Uh, Joey D. I think won Evo, but you know here he is this year. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. When it was obviously a side, side event. tournament. Side and tournament. then Frankie G. had the worst loss that I have seen. I don't know if I saw this in a fighting game set, maybe ever. What, what, Honestly, worse than DRA. I mean, yes. Really? I really think so. What happened? Uh, I didn't see what so he was he was about to win 3-0, which again, under Snake Tits rules, if you win 3-0, then the set's over. Right. But if the opponent wins one game before you get to 3, then it's first to 4. Yes. He was about to win 3-0, and he did some nonsense i don't even know what it was he tried to do some stupid meaty super nonsense whatever who cares um and and it screwed up and he ended up getting whiff punished and he, and he died and after that game he his brain was broken oh no sure. and he lost four straight games and he did it in just uh, you know almost like self-cruelty fashion he as anchor virgil versus sentinel he got zoned out by sentinel drones and died to full screen sentinel drone um i don't know how that happens you have a teleport and you have a character with uh you know just a little shield that you can basically put on yourself right it's a horrible match for sentinel and he just Jumped into drones over and over again and died. Uh, it was absurd. Jeez, okay. Absurd. I mean, some people... Okay, people are bringing up uh, Perfect Legend losing to Sonic Fox. Okay, that's the worst. You're right. But Which one? Other... Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Perfect Legend. Okay, okay. So, yeah, I mean, you know talking you're talking about, like, that kind of situation. I'm thinking of, like, just, like, one of the saddest ways to lose a match ever. Yes, right? that's Sentinel way. You're... Virgil versus Sentinel? I mean, more than, I mean, like I said, DRA blew himself up with Deadpool versus Mike Ross, right? I mean, that was yes, a... Yes, I remember. 
You, you have to see this clip. People put it in the chat here. Anime Lover put it in the chat. Yes, I have it now. So let's, 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 I'm going to put it up on, in the thing okay. because people want to see this. So yes. hang on a second. Uh, the view of David might get blocked a little bit by. Uh, yeah, let me see here. Let me add resources here. Let's do this. So this is the clip right here. Here's the clip. So let's go ahead and watch this. What are you doing? okay. How did he lose that much health? James, his brain brain was broken. His ex it was just because X Factor is on, so everything he got hit by just did extra damage. This is the infinite. This is the infinite. He can't get out. It's over. It's over. He's gonna get chipped out. Watch. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. He's dead. I told you. Nice. It's the infinite. It's actually crazy because it's not even remotely close to the end. Wow. You can literally duck the ones that go upwards. You can. You have super jump available. I really think that that set in total, and then that particular game, some of the worst, honestly. That's rough, right there. That's. I mean, because that's clearly not a real thing. We've never seen no. that before in our entire lives. No. Anyone getting zoned out by X Factor Sentinel, but I mean, yeah, shout outs so to his opponent who I just. I feel. I feel. I feel bad for Frankie. I mean, that's. Yeah. You know, on on the one hand, you make fun of it, but on the other hand, like. That has to really sting. I mean, honestly. look, the, the whole thing, that's why I talked about Dual Kevin's winning in the second set because mental fortitude is such a thing, you know, and that oftentimes is, because look, Frankie's a good player, and I was about to say congratulations to him to getting top eight at this event because he's sure. a strong player. Nine playing places, for a really Chris G and Ray Ray and Ninja Nam and Obama are places he got he got above them right and and that's the thing right i mean these players are all good they've been here for a while they've been doing well but most of the time what separates the tournament winning players from you know the players who are just good and you know unknown getting in top eight but not ever finishing is that mental fortitude a lot of the times it is that mental strength to not uh, get caught up on stuff. Like, for example, I'm terrible at that. I miss a, a burn kick, and then I just think about it for, like, the next 10 hours, and I'm, like, sad about it, and so it, it affects me. And that's yep. – you just have to not be able to let those things get to you. And it's one of the hardest things about fighting games because, again, it is a 1v1, and you've got no one to blame but yourself. You can't – there's just no excuses. You You can't escape that. You know, outside of my controller doesn't work, which is why when people lose, everyone always looks at their controller and moves the joystick like, I was trying to do this, you know, kind yeah. of thing, right? Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a way to deflect blame from yourself. And that's the hardest part about fighting games, man. They're so mentally crushing. Oh, God. I got ninth places. Chris, G, and Ray Ray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was very surprising. I mean, Chris... Anyway, really, really fun to watch. Glad that they, uh... Honestly, I feel like they shouldn't have had, have held it, to be frank. Yeah, of course, yeah. But, um, still, I really enjoyed watching.
Oh, yeah, it was a nice thing to have on and just a nice way to have a good time. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Topanga Championship occurred. You know, the Topanga series has been going on. And coming into this in Topanga Block B, I think he was. Yes, Tokido went 8-0. and Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the group stage, right? And it's so... He didn't lose a single one to... Kawano, Fudo, Ryusei, Nauman, Nemo, Machibo, Sako, and Kichibama. And I think my favorite comment about that whole entire thing was that did it feel like Tokido kind of tricked us all? Because all the talk of the town was he's been playing Chun-Li and he's been playing mm. Yuri and, and then he came in and cooked everybody with Akuma anyway. He did. He did. <laughs> and in the final tournament, he won it as well. I mean, he, so did, lose the, he did lose the Mago. He built a lead against Mago, and then Mago beat him. But then, just the way the records work, it didn't matter. He was still in the championship match against Daigo, so it came down to himself and Daigo. Yeah, and uh, he blew Daigo up, dude. He seven owed him. He seven owed him. He's seven. So, shout out to Tokido, who looks like he's starting off this year unstoppably. Yeah, and not only did he seven owe him, but you know, I mean, we saw how emotionally he was when he lost that first to 10 that he had with Daigo, and he was just as emotional, because you can imagine that I beat Daigo 7-0, you know, Daigo, the man who, when he has time to prepare for you, and he has the right. adjustments, and prep time Daigo, etc., etc., you know, but the fact that he 7-0'd him, I mean, after he won, like, he, his head fell down, and he was, he was tearing up. He was that emotional about the situation. It took him a while before he could get up and actually, you know, bow to Daigo and everything. It was a right. very emotional win for him. But, I mean, super dominating. And the guy is so good. He's, he's just so ridiculous. Good. Yeah, Fudo, Mago, Daigo went 3-2. and two, And then Kawano and Dogra went 1-4. and four. Yeah. Yeah, shout-outs to Tokido. He's... Amazing. And, and and honestly, really impressed by, like I said, Mago did beat Tokido in a set uh, as well. So, I mean, it looks like Mago doesn't have to wait till September this year. It looks like he's just mm. starting off very, very strong. And that makes me happy to see as well. Because even at Evo Japan, remember, he got, what, top three? Was he second place there or second or third place? I can't remember, but he was one of those two. But, you know, Mago clearly is in peak form right now so good job to hit it's so funny too to see daigo tokido and mago because mark man put a picture up from a long time ago when they were all on team mad cats remember yeah. like uh -huh. and, and here they still are man here they still are so so some of the best yeah that's true right. maybe maybe that means in september mago will even be twice as scary <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah CEO Dreamland mm -hmm. happened as well. We talked a little bit about sort of the general refunds and whatnot of the tournament. But as far as the results go, in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Sam Sora won it, Peach and Zelda. Cola was second with Roy, Cloud, and Snake. And then ZD got third uh, with Fox. Um, I watched some of that, but I also watched, I think, all the top eight of, um, of Melee. Oh, did you? Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah I watched a bunch of it. And that was won by Liquid Hungry Box with Jigglypuff. It's probably not a big surprise. Um, but what I thought was cool, though, was second place SS Cobol with Fox. Um, he was close-ish. 
at times. <laughs> uh, I mean, he lost in, boy, I think it was winner semis, right, to Hungrybox. Yeah, that was 3-1 loss. And then in grand finals, he got 3-0'd. But many of those games were close. I don't know. I mean, they would take that for way too well. But, uh, you know, Hungrybox is just super dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, none got third. UIU none with uh, Captain Falcon as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, he yeah he took it over none. That was that was cool. Um. Right. MVD won Smash Bros. Four. Dang. And Brawl they had as well, which was won by Player One. And then EPad Ten won Super Smash Bros. Sixty Four. Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, I, that's all, those are the results that I have. But you also. We're there for Ronin Rumble, right? Yeah, I got to do top eight for Ronin Rumble for their inaugural Grand Blue Fantasy Versus event. And like I said, 219 people were in there. Needless to say, it ran over time. Okay. <laughs> but despite that, you know, it ran very smoothly. People did, uh, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm, I talked about this yesterday on my own stream. I love the Arxis lobbies so much. You know, the the fact that you can actually have the little guys running around in the little thing. I don't like it when it's Dragon Ball, when it's the main menu. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. But when you actually have the option just to jump into the lobby like that and play, uh, I like that so much more because, dude, the best part was that, you know, you had the, t- the two players playing in grand finals at the machine in the, in the game. And all the people spectating, like the commentators, were all crowded around the machine. It totally looked like they were all like trying to look over each other. It was actually kind of funny. So, um, but Kitty ran away. <laughs> but uh, uh, the top eight was really good. It was really exciting. Uh, really set up a, a New York versus Maryland rivalry. Uh, Tempest okay. NYC took it in um, coming from. Uh, losers bracket against 56k so new york city claimed the first uh, victory there uh 56k from um uh, maryland from the dmv area um, using which character uh tempest nyc was using uh was tempest nyc the charlotta player yeah i, I think it was charlotta so, yeah. and uh 56k you know it's so crazy how when we commentate these matches it's so hard to remember who's been playing mm-hmm. what uh, 56K was using, uh, gosh, who was 50? Lance, Lancelot. That's right. That's right. It was Lancelot. Okay. And, um, but yeah, so, uh, uh, third place went to So Sick Nash fan who was using Matera. Really okay, awesome cool. Matera play. Uh, Matera's really good. I mean, I, I don't say that as a surprise. It was just, it was really cool to see how hell, well he was using that character. It's a character that I'm looking into playing as well. Uh, Lost Soul got fourth place. Uh, fifth place is... Fairy, right? What's that? Doesn't he play Fairy? Yes, he plays Fairy. And Fairy is... Oh, God, what a character, man. Oh, yeah. gosh. Uh, fifth places were Diaphany and Slay. And then also in seventh place were Sway and Julio Fuentes. Julio Fuentes back in the scene. When I saw that, I was like, is that the same Julio Fuentes? And they were like, yes, it's NorCal Julio Fuentes. And Mm. that warms my heart to see him back in and playing this game. Because, you know, obviously he's one of those players that, you know, probably just the way he held the joystick and just it wasn't, 
right and it hurt himself. I mean, different people are going to respond to different controllers in different ways. I mean, obviously the hitbox is very ergonomic, yet it kind of ruined Sejam for a little bit, right? So, yeah. you know, the way that Julio was playing the joystick did not work out for his hands. And so the fact that he's back in it, got top eight in a 219-man bracket, really, really cool to see. Uh, the matches all looked pretty solid as well. You know, even though it was obviously delay-based netcode, I know that they said there was a couple of matches on stream that were clearly pretty bad, but um, mm -hmm. for the most part, it seemed like it was manageable. Uh, people were getting their Matera loops, uh, like So Sick Nash fan was doing their Matera loops, which is a very, very timing-intensive combo. So, okay. um, you know... Uh, it seemed like that they were doing pretty well. So, you know, if uh, Jeff the Hero can keep this up. Jeff the Hero and staff, they also announced there that uh, Crack Fiend is now going to be joining and becoming a, like a partner in Ronin Rumble. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, so he's going to help join that team. And so he's basically like co-runner of, co-owner of Ronin Rumble now. So cool. uh, the two of them are going to be working together to keep trying to bring as many online tournaments as possible. So that's great. Yeah, but again, really, really good matches, really fun matches. Uh, you know, characters that we expected to see, Lancelot being in the grand finals, Fairy. I think there was a, a I mean, obviously La Soul was playing Fairy. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, really exciting tournament. I, I really enjoy the game right now. The mm -hmm. game to me is that perfect what I wanted out of a fighting game, that kind of blend between, hey, look, it's really simple to get into, but at the highest levels, this game gets really complicated. And, uh, you know, that thing that I've always said Melee has been really good at, you know. I don't think it gets nearly as complicated as Melee, because Melee, to me, is the yeah. most execution-intensive fighting game with that and, like, MVC2, maybe. But, right. you know, but obviously... Uh, if you think going into Grand Blue that it's going to be one of those simple games that everything is super easy to do, uh, once you start learning the crazy stuff, it, it gets a lot more complicated. Well, uh, I was planning to talk about it later, but might as well now. Uh, I've been, I did try Grand Blue Fantasy. Oh, awesome! Nice. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I got a PC code thanks to Xseed. Yay! Oh, nice. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I spent a few hours and messing now, with it. Find a new rifle. I'm gonna play Fairy. I heard about that, and I was like, man, top-tier guy. <laughs> well, it's just so clear that she's exactly Dawson. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. I, uh, I, you know, I obviously enjoy that archetype. She's Dawson, but also has, like, what if Dawson's V-Skill 2 Fireball caused multiple hits? What if Dawson had an EX uppercut? <laughs> what if he had an uppercut? Like... It's it's a take on Dawson that is like to the next degree. So I, I wanna play it. I haven't been I haven't played against people much, but uh I don't love how derivative the characters are. They are it's not quite like fantasy strike levels of like Oh yeah yeah, okay, okay. Obviously this is Guile and this is Dawson and here's mm -hmm, Zangief, mm -hmm. right? Like it's not quite that derivative, but it's pretty close. Yeah. For, for quite a few of the characters. So that kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. That said, each of the characters still feels like they're pretty different from each mm -hmm, other, mm -hmm. right? So it's, although they may have copied Street Fighter characters like very closely. Well, I mean, like, um, Charlotta obviously is very Honda, right? Yeah. Honda and has a demon flip. 
Yeah. I mean, Gran and Catalina are just generic hero fighter that are in every fighting game. Yeah. Uh, like, what other characters do you Ladiva's feel like? Ladiva's Hugo, right? Oh, really? Um, Interesting. Vassaraga's Abigail. Yeah, right? I mean, I think that seems... Doesn't that seem pretty clear? Um, um, and uh, hmm. Vassaraga's Abigail. That Very one awesome. I don't. That one I don't see Vasaraga being. Vasaraga is Abigail. Yeah, uh huh. But I, his buttons are like even the same in many cases. Huh. I guess um, I never thought about it. Okay. Like okay. Stan, five uh, H is like basically five H. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> obviously, you know, like Beelzebub has vacuum from Seth. Oh, you know. Yeah. So so Beelzebub is Seth, but is. Definitely, like, a more interesting take on, on Seth. So I thought about playing Beelzebub as, as my main. Okay, um, okay. I think I think he actually seems pretty cool. Again, like, the characters play differently, differently from each other, which is really what matters. Mm-hmm. It's just they're pretty they're pretty derivative. Um, <laughs> so I feel like I already know how to play Fairy. <laughs> right? I just got to learn the setups, but, like, the neutral game is just... Yeah. Like, no, Fairy's kind of ridiculous. I, I've I've seen already people online just talking about that too, too unique, you know, crouching unique to you. Her sweep is just way too good and way too potent. But, Very I mean, you, you really have to learn how to spot dodge against a lot of the things that she does. Right. And, uh, right. I mean, I've been playing Loane. Uh, Loane is pretty terrible, I think. Although I did watch a little bit of Dora Bang playing him, and uh, that definitely gave me some ideas. I don't st- intend to stick to Loane at all. I just don't okay. want that. I don't want to play this suffer game because he can't fight Matera or Fairy at all. I don't think. Because um, uh, all of Matera's arrows shoot all of his friends, like. And, and you you can't do anything it's it's very irritating um i don't I, I tried zeta a little bit just because like i said people said she's not good and somehow that made me more interested and sure enough she's not great she's good she's not lowane she's definitely better than lowane uh but i've also started playing matera a little bit because uh sayjam suggested that at the launch event he was like matera likes to hit buttons and I was like, huh. And so I've been playing her, and she's got some nice, fun, hard combos. And, uh, mm. and uh, yeah, she's hitting buttons all the time, and she's actually really fun. And I've been okay. learning a lot of stuff with this character, thanks to people in that were hanging out in my chat in the lobby, like Narima, nice. who's in the chat over there. So, uh, yeah, you can't dodge. Well, you, you can spot dodge fairies to you, right, High Fight? Or you you obviously can't cross over. You can't do the roll because the roll can get hit low. There's yeah. just hurt boxes on your legs when you roll. So even if Matera shoots an arrow that from the air that goes down and you roll, it hits you in the legs. If yeah. uh, Catalina does close B that swipes down far enough, it just hits you out of the roll. Uh, mm. But spot dodge, I think, is mostly invincible. Uh, I thought. That's what I thought too, but I'm not, I've played it once. Unless you're just so. saying the two U just has enough active frames that it still hits at the end. Uh, Loane supers. I mean, uh, Olaf has been playing the game recently too, and he says he feels like Loane's uh, biggest weakness is that both of his supers suck, and it's uh-huh. and it's kind of true. Everybody else has this nice little comeback way to win, but Dora was using uh, Loane's super so well, I don't even know how he was managing it. Like, he just predicted people jumping and then activated it and then just, like, shot them out of the air a bunch, so. Uh. <laughs> um, well, all right. 
Um, let's uh, switch over to the next thing here. Yeah, no problem. The five-five matchup. So, did you want to begin by talking about combo videos? Uh, yeah. I mean, one of the things uh, I was talking to one of the combo video makers out there, uh, Wolverine Master, who still actually tries to make combo videos from time to time. But, okay. uh, you know, the, the golden age of combo videos when Madge could get everybody to contribute combos and have combo video debuts at Evo, you know, and all that, all those days are gone. And in fact, right. what, the way Wolverine, uh, Wolverine Master actually stated it was that, uh, hang on, let me see, let me do something here, videos... Uh, the way that he stated it is that it's kind of a, it's a lost art now. Combo mm. videos is a lost art. People don't really make them anymore. And to be honest with you, so Desk is like one of the only people still doing it. And uh, he makes, he gets a lot of views from his videos and everything. So he's yeah. one of the only guys who's still successful with it. But what killed combo video makers was the beginning of YouTube. So right now, YouTube is different. It's about time watched. You know, you get ads, views, actually. You know, uh, you know the way that it worked before, it was, it was only views that really right. helped in YouTube very early on. So when YouTube started, a lot of combo video makers, I mean, some of these combo videos, like the ones that Madge made for the Guile and the Ryu combo video, you know, I helped him with those. I worked with him. I gave him, you know, feedback, everything for over a year for a lot of those combo videos, right? So the, 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 the two hit combo video took me two years to make. I mean, literally, that was two years worth of work to make that. Granted, I was had a day job at the time, which made it that much harder. But, you yeah. know, uh, the, a lot of these guys who are making combo videos have day jobs. And so sure. what we end up with was a situation where we would spend all this time making a combo video, put it up on YouTube, and it wouldn't get barely any views. Right. Whereas if you made a bunch of combos and posted each combo as a separate YouTube video... Everyone watched them because they were three seconds, you know, 15 seconds long. And uh -huh. view numbers yep. meant more than time watched. So oh, that, yeah. basically, if you split it into multiple videos, you did better than if you had one long, well-produced video. It just didn't pay that. to do that anymore. And so all the combo video makers were just like, why am I sitting here slaving away at a year for this combo video for no reason? And so that basically ended that. And a lot of the combo video makers, including myself, just stopped. So. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's kind of a, a frustrating situation, but I don't know what the solution is. I don't know if combo videos can make a comeback. I don't know if they can be any sort of resurgence or anything like that. Uh, people have told me that, you know, hey, James, you should make the three-hit combo video now, you know, because this would be a good time for that. And I'm like, you're probably right, but am I down to spend another two years of my life making a combo video, you know, yeah. to for for what, you know? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's uh, worth it at this point. So it's hard I to feel just... That it's... Yeah, go on. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I feel that it's a, it's a culture thing, right? that the sort of technology and times have changed mm -hmm. and nowadays there's no there's much less of a culture of combo videos yeah 
I mean, think back to why combo videos started. The first ones that I saw were like VHS tapes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get those combos out was to put them all in one spot because you're not going to send ten VHS tapes of ten different combos. Right. It needed to be one. So you this this I think it kind of developed of we need to have them all in one spot so that you can easily translate them or easily send them out. And then even later, you download videos from combovid.com and those were it was like not easy to download files right i mean not actually hard but like it took a while and so <laughs> I, you, I had if to... you could get everything in like a condensed form then it was that was also more efficient people got mad at my mvc2 video uh, combo videos intro because it was so long because it was like 10 seconds long and they're like i'm using all this bandwidth to download a 10 second intro you know for a 10 second intro in a one minute video i couldn't make my combo videos longer than a minute because people couldn't it was too big it was too big for people to download (laughs) so i i think i think after after that that change the change on youtube like you're talking about i just think there's been like too many changes in terms of how technology works and like the expectations of the scene the other thing too to really be the same stuff yeah the other thing too i mean right along with that is that uh combo videos are also for exhibition only you just tried to come up with the stupidest crazy combo you could come up with that was just fancy or silly or creative or clever but nowadays it's interesting it kind of goes with the content talk we had last time content really has kind of hyper focused itself into being useful you know kind of um uh educational practical you know i i remember at one point in time people would put out combo videos and some of the responses would be none of these combos are practical what's the point of this you know yes, i definitely remember that happening and, and it was like that is the point of this is that right. these are fun com- but you know somehow we just kind of left that space so kind of speaking to what brian f said before you know i don't know if like you know, because some combo videos, you know, had like, I mean, even the two hit combo video has very meme kind of sections in there. You know, I don't know if that's something that would fly as much these days, you know, because well, I, I think I mean, there's there's an appetite for it. Like you talked about the desk combos. Right. And on Twitter, you know, every now and then like Javits will put up like a challenge of like figure out how to kill Abigail. Yeah. In yeah. Right. So there's. There is still that strain, right? But and I do think that there's less of an appetite for it. Just, it's just a different culture nowadays yeah. than, than and, it was. And before. I mean, for someone like Desk as well, I mean, would Desk be as successful in the combo videos if he wasn't also just showing off while he was doing them? Probably mm. not as much. It's just you get to watch him just do ridiculous things like play Tetris yeah. in the middle of beating up on CPU Vega, you know, and. It's he he the 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 kind of um, show off showmanship aspect of those videos is really important as well. Yeah, so I agree with you. Yeah. So I don't really expect there to be much of a return to like old style yeah. combo videos. I just I think that was probably for like a particular place in time. I I love them. I mean I still I still go back and watch every now and then. Yeah. But I have a bunch of them. I I still have a giant. I I'm going to do them now. What was that? I still have a giant 
collection of them and you know i've i've often talked about potentially just uploading them all to ultra chen tv but yeah, again i just do don't because nobody I, would care anymore Come i on. don't own any of these videos and so i just i don't know i feel bad but just do it man nobody even cares now for sure all right this is coming from the lawyer okay everybody yeah. here in the chat <laughs> Totally. My lawyer is recommending me to do this. <laughs> I think it's right to say nobody cares anymore. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You don't have the rights to do it, but then they don't actually have the rights to make those combo videos either. So, hey. Okay. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll think about it then. <laughs> you should do it. Uh, all right. Well, anything else to say about this? Uh, no. Let's move on to something else here. Okay. So let's talk about the viewer choices. Mm-hmm. 5-5 five, five matchup. All right. Here are the seven candidates that people sent in. Uh, I had to get rid of a couple, by the way. They just... We were we were definitely going to talk about them, or it was, like, too jerky. <laughs> I had to okay. filter it out a little bit. But these are the seven. Okay. So, number one. Which fighting game's characters are best suited to handle coronavirus? <laughs> Scorpion has a mask. Ryu keeps people away with fireballs. Anybody so Ryu, Dalsum, and Ryu are good at... No, Dalsum reaches out and touches them. So he touches them. He, exactly. he does not have yeah, social yeah. distancing, but Ryu... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, number two, with event cancellations due to coronavirus, do you think more fighting game developers will implement rollback netcode to be able to play tournaments online? Mm. I think we can just say, just very quickly, that, uh, no. <laughs> um, Damn. I mean, and look... From a more from a practical perspective, it takes much longer than like the next what are hopefully just a few months right. now, uh, of Fighting dealing with this. Because um, I mean, the games it's not that like it, they can roll out a good net code next week. Yeah, right? the this good the games that are going to be affected by the coronavirus are not coming out until 2021 or 2022 anyway. Yeah, right. Exactly. So that's the thing. So it's not like they're like, oh, look at this, quick, let's change Guilty Gear Strive. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly right. Yeah. Three. What movies are best to get hype for fighting games? Uh, nobody voted for that. Four. <laughs> what are the nuttiest hitboxes and hurtboxes in any fighting game? What's the most bizarre character in a fighting game? Well, is that the Five. same question? Yeah, it is actually. Okay, okay. Five. Is it true that Side Games is banning some streaming of their games, including Grand Blue Fantasy Versus? Uh, I don't know. Stop it, Key. No, no. That's no, my no. answer to that. Six. How can you donate to tournament organizers who may go bankrupt due to event cancellations? We talked about this already. I should have just taken this one out. Yeah, um, okay. we, but we did talk about this before, right? The, both the Smash GG yeah. link and the Tenno link. Uh, again, in the YouTube video, I'll make sure that those are in the descriptions beneath. And then in the chat, we've posted it a couple of times. Um, seven, we know the FGC will survive in some fashion. What are some positives about an FGC that's forced to go back to grassroots? All right. So, winner is, what are the nuttiest hitboxes and hurtboxes <laughs> in any fighting game? What's the most bizarre character in a fighting game? I mean, as soon as I hear that question, the first character that comes to my mind is T-Hawk from Super Turbo. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because if people don't know, when he does his crouching medium punch, he has a stray hurtbox that's just floating up in the sky. <laughs> Like above his, like past his hand and floating up. It's just there. It's just there, and so you can actually hit him in this space that literally there is no T Hawk, 
And uh, that's probably the craziest hurt box I can think of. Yeah, I can think of some other games that had straight hit boxes, but as far as like the like top level major developed fighting games, like that's <laughs> probably the most egregious example of a straight hit box. Yeah, I mean, Akuma had one as well on his close heavy kick, but it's way behind yeah. his head and it almost right. never comes into play. So yeah, uh, but, T- I mean, yeah, that character doesn't right. Yeah, speaking a- of combo videos, I mean, I remember when Madge was doing his Gal combo video, I was like. Please make a combo that takes advantage of that hurt box on T Hawk, and he did, and it was the most brilliant combo ever. So, <laughs> it was so good. Other than that, the the games that spring out to my mind the most are probably Marvel Three, and um, maybe maybe MK Eleven. To be honest. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for example, I was messing with Spawner today. We'll talk about it more in just a little bit. But uh-huh. um, in MK11, characters who have weapons do not have hurt boxes in their weapons. And so you have some characters who are like really far out there, you know, putting a cane out there as Joker, putting chains out there as Spawn, putting a huge cape out there as Spawn. Like none of those have hurt boxes in them. So they're just like giant. <laughs> just hitboxes that are you know in in 2d you know mostly grounded games um so it's all it's all finely balanced i think in the context of the game but man those are pretty nutty yeah <laughs> and I then mean... in marvel 3 boy so many hit spheres in that game were were bizarre weren't they like that was <laughs> there were some weird ones in that game oh man i mean for me chun third strike back heavy punch it's probably one of the craziest hitboxes that exists because that move, not only did it hit everything, it didn't have a hurt box, and it was active for like 700 frames. I mean, yeah. you just sit there and go, hey, and it's just like, uh, pow, and then you get hit. Um, but I mean, obviously, you know, I mean, Akuma is going to be broken. He had no hurt boxes on any of it, anything that he did. Uh, and, in uh, ST, you mean? Yeah, in ST. Uh, oh, and yeah. Then, uh, he is a boss character. Yeah, and there's a lot of fighting games out there that just, you know, before people really got an idea of how to make these games work exactly, you know, some of the older games, you'll just see characters that just have moves that just, like, this giant leg sticks out and there's just this big red box and there's nothing to hit. I mean, there's so many examples of, like, egregious stuff, but, you know, if I had to pick stuff that was in, you know, modern still played and still, you know, significant kind of games. It would be like T-Hawk crouching medium punch and, and Chun back heavy punch in, in, in third strike. Because that move is... I mean, when you look at the hitbox of it, it's just it like, like it takes up almost like a third of the screen height-wise, you know? And you... Like, when you play a, a, a shoot-em-up, like a shmup game, and you realize that your hitbox is this tiny, like six by six box and most of the bullets being shot at you are pixels and that's all you need them to be as big as they are to to make it hard for you to survive and then you think about chun li and you know you didn't need to make the hitbox that big but that's just how it is so uh yeah virgil's kind of crazy you know being able to swing one way and hit behind him and everything but yeah yeah, there's a lot of examples of that definitely right slayer 645 is is putting up some vids of stuff but you know the, the one where like uh billy's like attacking in and gets hit from far from range right through uh uh-huh. through the the far button that kind of thing happens for a lot of games that have 
characters who have like extended buttons, right? right. Typically, those buttons will have hurt boxes in them. Mm -hmm. Awesome, typically the same. Uh, that kind of thing has been in a lot of different games. That's kind of why I think it's like a little nuttier that MK11's far buttons don't have <laughs> don't have hurt boxes. <laughs> like that is to me, that's like a little more bizarre, to be honest. Right. Okay. It, but it is it is hilarious for sure to to see that to see that happen. It's happened to me playing Balsam. I've run into nonsense like that before. Oh yeah, it happens so, all the time. Um, yeah, yeah, it's not it's not that unusual, but it it is it is funny. All right, so hurt boxes and hit boxes, but in addition to that, what's the most bizarre character in a fight? What's the most bizarre character in a fighting game? I mean, this is one of those questions that's tough to answer because there have been so many just like completely joke, stupid characters. And then there are characters that are just trying to be serious that are really, really weird, you know? Um, I mean, most bizarre fighting game characters. I mean, Eternal Champions, we joked about that before with the chicken that had the move where you cut its head off and it's invincible right. and sprays blood. It had a senator that fought you and things like that, you know. That's right. Um, I, well, like, where, where would you go? Where would you okay, go? Okay, so the ones that jump out for me are maybe Pet Shop. Oh, from JoJo's. JoJo's. The dog, right? The The bird. Oh, the bird? Wait, yeah. In, in which game? In JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I would say Pet Shop. Um, characters flying all the time. Uh, <laughs> it breaks the rules of the game in, in mm -hmm. some ways. Breaks the rules of like conventional fighting games. Um, so I think I think that one jumps out to me. I would say as far as like what, games that are like pretty well balanced and like well made. I would say I'm looking at like maybe Gargos or Idol in Killer Instinct. Dude, I was in, about to say Arya, right? Yeah, maybe Arya as well. Yeah, I feel like there are, there are a few characters in Killer Instinct in like you know modern Killer Instinct. I think that's where I would go. I you know, for me the character the games that have the funkiest character archetypes are Killer Instinct, Blaze Blue, and Injustice, mm -hmm. and so I think I think those would be the games that I'm looking at to as far as like again modern, you know, well made kind of games because there was some crap. I back mean, what in the day. what what but, about what about Kusa the Ghetto? <laughs> Kusa the Ghetto's a weirdo. Yeah, definitely, definitely mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, let's just yep. put it this way. I mean, back in the day when I used to want to make my own fighting game. Trust me, the characters that I came up with were all just completely way out there. And me and my brother were coming up with characters that just had like the dorkiest ideas ever. Good. I mean, I tried to make a character that couldn't block at all. Like just didn't, and hey. just had hyper armor the whole time and counters and command grabs and stuff. And, you know, it was just like, I, I tried to create the craziest things. And so I, I almost feel like some of my ideas would have been weirder, but... Um, yeah, a lot of the characters uh, 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 from fighting games, there's some crazy ideas out there. And, you know, it's cool when you see people do stuff like that. So. Oh, yeah, it's great. And that's, that was a big part of why I really enjoyed Killer Instinct. And, well, each of those games I mentioned, Killer Instinct, Blaze Blue, and Injustice, a big part of why I really enjoyed all of them is that they're super weirdos. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and Agonos is a great example of a, of a weirdo. What a funky, bizarre character. Um, 
I really enjoy that for sure. So I think those are the games that I would that I would point to as far as again like well made modern stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, that probably explains why you do love Twelve so much because someone yes, it does. It's the... exactly the same. If if we're talking about traditional Street Fighter games, then I think Twelve is the answer because he is so different than everybody else. Not just in how he looks and acts and stuff, but also in his game plan. Mm-hmm. Right? He had an air dash in a game that was a grounded. 2D fighter, you know. Yeah. He he is a very different character than anybody else in that game, and very different than almost any Street Fighter character. Yeah, I really like that for sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's and, that's part of why Third Strike's the best. Any of those questions that you want to answer as the Ultra Chen choice? Um. Yeah, I think that. It would be interesting to say we okay, so we know the FGC will survive in some fashion. Say that worst case comes and all of our big events get canceled this year, and all of the TOs go bankrupt, and all of our locals, uh, their businesses go out of business because nobody goes there for a while, <laughs> right? Jesus, like, how can can esports arena and worlds collide, et cetera, et cetera, ignite? Can they all survive NLBC if nobody goes there for a long time? They're all gone. Say that it's worst case scenario. We will still be playing fighting game. Oh yeah, uh huh. Do you can you think of any positives about that? What what sort of <laughs> things could you point to and say, well, at least this or that, or hey, this is an opportunity to maybe restart in some different way? Uh, I would say no, because the, I think the question is actually kind of incorrect in the way that it's phrased. Because okay. it says, what are some of the positives about an FCC that's forced to go back to grassroots? I can't necessarily say that we're still not grassroots. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, uh, yes, we have world tours. Yes, we have these kind of things like that. But, you know, the world tours still bank largely on existing events that are, you know, Capcom's not running their own events. It's still largely banked off of all these things. We just talked about earlier that how all these tournaments are not in it for profit, that they're doing it because they're trying to help their scene and community and be something special. Uh, Larry, you know, like Shin Blanca, John Choi, these guys aren't run. Like John Choi has probably wanted to stop NCR for years because of how much work and money and time and effort he puts into it. But he keeps running it because he feels obligated to support this community that he loves so much. You know, I don't want to say like he's forced or obligated, but you know, that's, that's kind of where it is. It's like he understands how much it means to the scene. So I actually don't feel like. And yes, I know a lot of people feel very differently that, you know, fighting games have gone very esports and stuff. But, you know, it's why I'm such a big supporter of Tenno, because they are still very grassroots when they run their events. Seglia always pulls in people from the community. Uh, like Evo is still not venture capitalist funded. You know, it's it's still funded by itself. You know, all these things like that, I, to me... I don't feel like fighting games have gone beyond grassroots. Uh, Mm -hmm. We often joke that Evo is the biggest grassroots tournament in existence, you know. I mean, like I said, you get esports people to Evo and they all kind of, I've heard this conversation that esports people mock Evo for looking so ghetto 
because we're playing on fold out tables and chairs and like yeah. we just have the sign put in there with a number on the top. We don't have esports booths, you know, and esports chairs at every station. Like I've okay. heard actual like esports people being like, "Why does Evo? Why is Evo so ghetto? I thought it was gonna be like this crazy production and everything." Like Evo is still super grassroots, and you know that's the thing is I don't feel like we've actually moved on. And and again, I lived so long in the period of time when the fighting game community was so small and and when we didn't have world tours and we didn't have all this stuff and we didn't have devs that actually tried to make games that were balanced and you know supply us with decent net code and you know stuff like that it was miserable okay right <laughs> like right, right, right. as much as everybody wants to think about it as the glory days like it really just wasn't you know I hear you. So honestly, I I don't think that there is a positive that we can glean from going back to that kind of situation. So Okay. Well, I think it's true that we're not you know, if the premise of the question is that we're not grassroots, I think that's as folks are saying in the chat, I think a good way to put it is that the FGC most of the FGC is grassroots. Yes. So there is a veneer on top certainly that is esports. The veneer of you know, pro tours, yes. basically. Mm -hmm. That's mostly not the FGC. That's that's relevant for a few a few players certainly, but for most people, that's that's not. Most people who go to tournaments, go to majors, even the amount of money that's up there for the pros to win is like not super important to them. They're go they're hoping to get out of pools. They're hoping to not go zero and two, whatever. Mm -hmm. They're there to to meet people and and play casuals, etc. Other stuff to do. People go to locals, right? People play online. There's so much more to the FGC that really is still grassroots. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that said, if the esports side of things goes away, so these major tournaments go away, the pro tours go away, what what could be some benefits of that? I think it would be nice to start over in some different ways. Um, you know, to start events that from the very beginning prioritize uh you know sort of inclusive behavior i think that would be great i think it'd be great to get the ball rolling immediately on how an after party should be run like i think there are, there are things that we could restart in terms of the culture that i think would be it'd be nice to be able to do yeah. people are doing that, those things with events and one of the huge bummers to me was that michigan masters died because i thought that seemed like an event that was doing those really really well yeah um but uh you know for for if we get a chance to start over i want to prioritize that kind of thing um, you know, I think I think in general it would be a big disaster, and it would just be us struggling. And you know, I, I I do think that most of the FGC is grassroots already. So to get rid of the pro tours and to get rid of the big majors would, I think, mostly just suck. I don't know that there would be <laughs> big any any you know significant yeah. benefits to that stuff. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, it, it, would, it will take a while to redevelop big majors and top quality stream production. And there's uh, any number of roles that are specialized now. And if those people go away, some of them will come back, but some of them will have found jobs in the meantime that they can't easily get out of and or don't want to get out of and they're gone. And so you have to sort of redevelop at least some of the, the skill involved. Yeah. That would really suck. 
I mean, it's interesting because, you know, a lot of things that you did talk about, like changing after parties and being more inclusive, like, I feel like we can work on that even without having to go back to grassroots, you know. We definitely so, do not need to destroy right. fighting games to, to yeah. make those things happen. So, but if, if the FGC were to be, you know, knocked back a peg, at least we, we could restart the way that we do those things. Yeah. yeah. Again, we can work on it anyway. Yeah. So, okay, okay. Well, but, right. I mean, I think both of us kind of feel the same that there's not a lot of positives to take out of that. <laughs> I think that's uh, right, yeah. I do also want to answer the, the number one question is which fighting game characters would be best suited to handle coronavirus. Um, I, I mean, on the title screen, I had Fong on there. His whole gimmick is that he can't get sick. Right, I mean that's that's it. That's that's the answer to the question. That's, you're that's done. Right. He can't get poisoned. He can't get sick. That's that's just his master power. So that's all I all that's all I have to say. So. Okay. Well, my answer is twelve because twelve is not a biological organism and can't get sick. Ba bam. <laughs> that's true. Like Fulgore and you know. <laughs> Any of the robots. Any robots would be able to to work as well. So, all right, all right, all right. So, we want to move on to the next thing. We only have about twenty minutes left here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so right. Spawn and uh, other. Let's talk games. about. Let's talk about Spawn, huh? Yeah, uh, I haven't had a chance to try him yet. I know you okay. you have so. I sure have. Uh, how did? I mean, it's funny because when I first saw him fly, I was like, he looks like twelve. Say <laughs> twelve. Yeah, when he was like flying with the thing, so I was like, hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. David might like this character. So, well, I actually, do like this character. one of the uh, characters that was coming up in Grand Blue Fantasy Versus almost looked like they had a twelve flying as well. I can't remember which one now. I swear, I, I feel like I kind of remember seeing that, but I might be wrong. But in any case, uh, continue forth with your opinion on Spawn. All right, so Spawn. Um, Spawn has really strong basic kit, I would say. Like, really good footsies, good whiff punishers. Like I said, quite a few of the important buttons just don't have hurt boxes in them, which is obviously nice. Um, and Spawn gets to break the rules in some way. So Spawn has a special move that breaks armor. And what that means is that if you think the opponent's going to do a fatal blow, then you can do this move and it will break their fatal oh, blow armor. But damn. more importantly, it means that if you think that they're going to do a breakaway in mid-juggle, you can do back forward three, this big old club that comes out, and it will break their armor. And then if that happens, if you break their armor and you amplify it, you get a full pop-up. Oh, my God. So he gets to play a mix-up that nobody else gets, which is should you break away right here or not? Because if, I mean, that game, I guess, kind of exists. But the mix-up is more, is the opponent going to go for their max damage thing where if the opponent breaks away, then they're stuck there with, like, Scorpion Spear hanging out, right, and ready for the whiff punish. That right. kind of thing kind of exists. But this is different because it's not, will the attacker, like, take damage? It's the attacker could do, like, 35% more damage, right, in an obviously unbreakable situation because you just used breakaway. Now, so, hang on a second. The first thought in my mind, and you can try to tell me if you think that maybe I'm correct or not, is this a preview of season two, maybe? 
exactly what I'm thinking, dude. Maybe exactly. they're gonna put these kind of things in for lots of characters in se- if Maybe. there is a season two. If there is a season two, which I can, I'm, I mean, I say that because obviously nothing's been announced. I'm, yeah. there's gotta be a season two. Mortal Kombat yeah, can't is so big yeah. that if I'm like, to me, of course, it's gonna have a season two, but. Since nothing's officially announced, I'm going to say if, but maybe this is a preview of things they're planning to give every character. Yeah, I, 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 maybe not every character, but at least to have, you know, maybe more than just one guy. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think that's probably true. Uh, then the, I mean, he mostly looks good, I would say. I like a lot of the buttons. Some, I think, are a little funky still. Like Some that are, so his cape is supposed to be like, kind of, it does its own thing. And some of his attacks, the cape looks good as it attacks. Some of them, I think, are a little little janky still. But overall, I think the character looks really good. Okay. okay. Uh, the voice acting's great. The lines that he has with a lot of characters are hilarious. He references, like, being in Dude, Soul Calibur. That intro uh, between him and Scorpion, I did that on one of my streams. I mean, because Scorpion says we all have to handle our injustices. So right. he's referencing that he was an injustice... Yes. And then that, and then Spawn says, that's why my soul still burns. And I was like, yo, dude, NRS is the best, dude. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Yeah, it's the so lines good. are great. Their lines are great. So uh, super, super well done on, on all that front. The variations, I think, are hard to, hard to tell right now which one might be the best. Number one has a lot of guns in it. Mm-hmm. And then it has some parries in it, too. He's got a crushing blow on if you, like... Like, he does this low gunshot, but the beginning of it is actually a parry. It's a low parry. Oh, okay. Kind of, like, turns his shoulder to you, and if you, like, kick him, he will do a crushing blow. <laughs> okay. Um, into, into big damage. Um, so, kind of parries and guns. The the second variation is about damage. Like, each character has, like, their one that's, like, just a damage yes, combo character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he has that in variation number two. Variation three is the one that I'm going to play, and it's the weird one. Of course. And it's... <laughs> of course. So he has a command grab, but it only works if the opponent is, let's say it does not work if the opponent's crouching and does not work if the opponent is crouch blocking. Huh. So this is this is the only grab that Whoa. doesn't connect if the opponent's crouch blocking. Okay. So it's not exactly a high. It, there's like an extra aspect So to why it. do you want to play this character? <laughs> and then in addition... It does connect if the opponent does an, a low attack. Even if it's like a low profiling, low attack, the command grab does connect. But it does not if they're low blocking. It's, That's so weird. So I feel like this is also something new. And I'm uh, curious to see whether this continues in Season 2 as well. Because Spawn, um, is, he could be a preview for a lot of the things that right? they're planning to do. That's what I'm thinking, man. Preview. Yeah. He has a low chain that goes full screen. But the mix-up isn't like low or command grab, right? Because you can block low against the chain and right. against the command uh-huh. grab. Um, he has a stance that like you can't exactly combo into the pop-up on it, but you can combo into a low that does like a little bit of damage. I want to play it because I don't know how this works, is basically it. Right. What do You're you do curious. You're curious. I'm curious. What yeah. am I supposed to do with these tools? Okay. Like, how does this fit together? I have no idea. Okay. So I'm okay. curious to see, like, how it'll go together. And I'm going to figure it out. Huh. Okay. Okay. Uh, how does he so seem... I, I like him a lot. I think he seems very interesting and really strong. 
yeah, that's what I was about to say. How does he seem like uh, as a as a tournament character right now? I would say definitely seems strong. Definitely seems strong. I don't know the variation three will be strong, the weirdo, but maybe I'm just I'm just not sure. Variation one and two both. Seem, I mean, the characters' base tools are just really good. I think so. I think that each of them will will be legit. I like him. He okay. seems cool, man. Cool, cool. All it right. It sounds wacky in theory. Maybe. Maybe it will be whack. Sorry, my Jasmine see. is running around like a spaz right now, and I'm trying to figure out what ah, going on right now. So, okay. Uh, there's a few things other to talk about. For example, SF5 has CPT-related DLC, including a costume where Gil looks like uh, 1500s Northwest European. <laughs> what the hell? I haven't it's, seen any of this yet. You haven't seen it? Oh, I didn't put the link to it in the run of show, but it's a really weird one. Okay. Really strange looking costume. Okay. It's got the little mustache. It's very weird. What the uh, hell? And for some reason, Lucia is oh, like Oh, I see a, it now. A, you see it now? <laughs> oh my see, God, he looks like he's Lucia from like the Three Musketeers. Like German Oktoberfest girl. Who is? Lucia. What? Okay. I need to. I'm, I think I'm just going to Capcom Fighters right now. Like a German outfit. I don't know. It's a funky one. I'm just going to Capcom Fighters because I just need to see this. Uh, CPT 2020 stage titles, ten thousand fight money. You know, it supports the CPT. Uh, that's nineteen ninety nine. See, the crazy thing is, now that I have all the costumes, does that make me want to spend the money for more costumes now? Because now I'll feel like I'll be missing out on these things. <laughs> Makes sense to me. Oh man. Uh, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus is now on Steam. That's where I have it, by the way. Oh yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. And it feels good. And then I actually heard things. that the Steam. Uh, I actually on... heard that the Steam version has better, has better like um, what do you call it, like input lag or something like that. So does it? I don't know. I, I heard some people talk about that, so I'm curious to see if we get more official word on that. I have no idea, but okay. Yeah. Weird. On TBS, did you see Poke Job versus El Chicote? I did not. By the time I saw that tweet, it was already over. So Well, I... if you didn't have it if you didn't have TBS TV, then you couldn't have watched it because oh. it was on literally on TV. Actually that's but... true. I don't even have regular TBS anymore, so never Same. mind. Yeah, so I don't I, have, I, I don't can't, have TV. I, I don't um, have cable but anymore. If you have it you could watch it on Super Punch is the name of their show. They had a they had a match. Yeah, I didn't get to watch, but I think that's that's cool. I mean, yeah, I'm all, cool. I'm in favor of that for sure. Um, a few things I Mutant XP's Twitch channel yes. talking about Third Strike, talking about my time, why I played Q, and my like thoughts about low tier heroes, and why I wouldn't do it over again, but why I think also. I got into my own head about how much Q sucks, and I probably didn't maximize how well I could play him because I just was like, this character sucks, so I'm, there's no more. Why try, basically? Why try? Yeah. 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 Uh -huh. uh, I thought that was an interesting conversation, so you know, check it out on his channel, uh, Mutant Experience, and then on YouTube. I'm sure you can just search for Mutant XP, and then he has, he honestly has a really nicely done podcast. Um, very nice uh, produced graphics packages produced video packages like it really it really is good i think it should get more more views than he has so check it out at 
Um, again, twitch.tv slash mutant experience, and then uh, on YouTube, just search for mutant XP. I also did a politics stream, finally. Oh, you did? Oh, nice. Okay, okay. I didn't mean to, but yesterday, somebody asked me about the debate, and we were talking about coronavirus, and it just turned into a political stream for like two hours. <laughs> it was actually fun, so yeah, okay, I'll do it again. That was okay, fun. Okay, cool. And I'll, I'll do it intentionally next time <laughs> and, and tweet about it. But if you're curious, I don't want to put that up on the Ultra Chen YouTube channel. It just seems like a different kind of content. Right. But it is on the archives of this Twitch channel. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I end yesterday. up I end up kind of deviating into that as soon as I start talking about healthcare and everything. You yes. Because that sure. just happens a lot. I mean, it's hard not to bring that up. And I've definitely been a little bit more political on my Twitter, though. I just I mean, it's hard not to be, man. It's hard, and then it's also at this point in time. I don't know if it matters anymore. So maybe yeah. not. But well, it'll matter. It'll matter long term. Maybe not right. Now. Right. Okay. Uh, a couple of upcoming things. Sony will unveil new PlayStation Five details tomorrow. That's what everybody's looking forward to: spending all this money on a brand new console. So you know. <laughs> Yeah, it actually might not be a good time to launch. Uh, I'm think, thinking yeah. about How many flops do you think it will have? Flops? Uh, flops. It'll probably have a... Uh, uh, probably, and this is my official uh, count, probably a mega buttload of flops. Yeah. I'm being serious, come on. I think it's going to I would have... say it'll have 10 flops. 10 flops? Okay, okay. I have no idea. What is a flop? I don't know. Uh, apparently, that's going to be, I think, 9 in the morning, our time. That's true. And then, lastly, uh, right after this stream, in five minutes, we're going to be on the front page of Twitch.tv playing Spawn, like, right now. Okay, okay. Like, immediately. I mean, uh, should we end the show then so you can get that started basically in time because you're going to be streaming from your end right i'm not yeah, yeah i guess I'll do i'm going to be editing again <laughs> right for sure so um okay all right uh, yeah thanks to twitch for letting that happen thanks to nrs as well wb etc etc very cool looking forward to spawn and also how many flops there are going to be yep and then also, uh, big surprise, surprise, Zero is overpowered in a video game again. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, Teppin, nice. he's a little too strong, but, you know. Nice. <laughs> uh, there's actually a lot of, like, this current season in Teppin is, 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 like, it's not as bad as Yan Lee last season and not as bad as Purple Halt the season before, but it has definitely gone a very interesting and maybe a little too crazy so uh, all right i don't know how card games can handle this because you know it's like there's so many crazy matchups i just i don't know how you can be consistent in the game at this point so uh, i don't you know i've only played a couple of them long term so yeah. i i don't think i have a great knowledge base to speak from but oh, yeah it's interesting by the way uh yeah that's right nurima nurima has in the chat mentions that the guilty gear trailers will be out this weekend Oh, okay, the yeah, yeah. trailers that were supposed to be at Brussels and Final Round are going to be released on the Arxis channel's YouTube. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Okay. All right, man. Well, we should probably, probably, probably call it. Yep, no problem then. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in and watching. Uh, 
and hope everybody has a good one. I'm trying to play the bird right now for everybody. Bird them. Hope they can hear it. It's a little quieter. But thanks, guys, for tuning in. And uh, hope a lot. I'm glad a lot of people didn't even realize you were being discorded in for a while. I couldn't believe that. Yeah, people <laughs> didn't realize. <laughs> All right, peace out, guys.